Today's chat is brought to you by Loot Crate. Save 10% on any new subscription at www.trylootcrate.com slash FFC. Enter the promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome back for episode 105 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on October 20th, 2017, over on twitch.tv slash Chat. Big shout out to the live chat here. Thank you so much for spending your evening with us. This is your host, Blue Crew 86 I also wanted to take a moment, actually, to say thank you to everyone out there for basically an amazing two years. It's uh, It actually will be our two-year anniversary tomorrow, uh, for those listening to the episode that would probably be yesterday. So it's Saturday, basically. Um, and it's it's really actually truly been an adventure of discovery, uh, both personally for myself and then in the games that we've been allowed to experience with all of you. Uh, and as you might know, the uh, intro and exit audio files are actually drawn from a song that was written by our good friend Dustin Griffith. And I'm actually happy to have an updated version to help celebrate this moment. For those who are in the live stream, you actually got to hear that a little bit during the countdown to uh, start off the show. But basically, uh, Green and Beard, before we get into your guys' intro, do you mind if I play that real quick just for everyone who's listening to the recording? Hit it. Okay, perfect. All right, so I hope you guys enjoy this one, and uh, I'm gonna be—I'll be sure to include links to Dustin's sites. Uh, I believe he has it up on SoundCloud. He usually has it up on SoundCloud, so I'll—I'll I'll be sure to include links there if you'd like to grab a copy of some of his other amazing work.
listening to Focus Warrens, I know you don't follow these guys on Twitch. If somehow that you're not a regular, go ahead and jump in on the podcast. Do it now because yeah, it's very much a case that these guys put some fantastic work in. Every single time I come back on the show, something has improved. It's really impressive by this point. Thank you so much. That, that means that means a ton. Thank you. Thank you. All right, go get sleep. Or go get coffee, whatever. All right. Love you, buddy. Love you, buddy. Love you, buddy. Yeah. Bye, guys. Enjoy the rest of the show. So yes, big thank you to Dustin for that one. And That's freaking sweet, man. <laughs> <laughs> it always is. Like every time, every time I, I'm talking with him and he's like, okay, I'm going to throw something together. And then I get something like that and it's just. Oh yeah. I'm going to throw something together. Like, I was like. What? <sighs> it's okay. like, wait a minute. You, you threw that together? So I what happens sh- when you try? <laughs> I know. It's like, I know how long it takes to arrange a piece like that. Like yeah. for me, I'm slow though, so I'm sure he's faster at it. But that that takes a lot of effort. It's not just throwing oh, yeah. together. Like yeah. he has, he has, and I'm sure a lot of a lot of the guys or the people who do um, music composition have this program. But I guess apparently there's a there's an app that he can actually. I can actually. It's like streaming, but it's a private stream. Mm-hmm. And so I plug it into my media player, and I can actually listen to him. And as he's working on it, and so the last couple of songs that we've done with him, he's like the like near the tail end of when he's cleaning it all up. I'll get to sit there for I think the the not this time, but the time before I sat there for like I think it was like forty five minutes and just mm-hmm. listen listen to like the and he's like just like messing around with it, and it's just I'm, I'm just it boggles. It's mind boggling. Yeah. yeah, and. Mm-hmm. The fun thing is, is like you have the program, a program that can do a lot of those similar right, things. Right, it's just yeah. not, we just don't use it as, I guess, well as yeah. he does. Well, and that's like, I mean, we I did, guess you don't use like, it in a similar manner. Right. That's, mm-hmm. that's the big thing. Yeah. Because I think it's, Definitely. I mean, I my understanding is, I think you're talking about Audacity, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because like, I think it's like GIMP and Photoshop. Like it, it's the same mm-hmm. Pro, like it's the same base concept program but it's just i don't know i have no idea but i just i'm always pleased with what comes out <laughs> oh yeah he's so good at it <laughs> but so good real quick um so just a just an introduction to these other voices that you hear speaking in your head um justin is actually still working on getting a steady connection to the outside world 
So be sure to send him some snack love over on Twitter at JustInsane0516. Make sure that it is we, high quality snack gifts. Just, we might have to actually start sending him snail mail snake gifts. We like, could maybe <laughs> figure out a way, like pictures of or, or actual if, snakes. Right, because if he's not getting internet, package, which is right? true. Oh, yeah, that's I mean, a good point. We could drone. Mm. We could do a drone drop. Just drop a bunch of snakes mm. on them. It's fine. That's that's fine. an entirely good point. I need to speak to Uni about programming some robot. Okay, anyways. And Mel's out having a blast at C4, which is kind of a funny statement now that I say that out loud, out in Winnipeg this weekend. Um, so be sure to let her know that we're missing her over on Twitter at the Wind of the Stars. And also be sure to – I don't know what her uh, lineup is for this weekend, but I know that she has been – the last couple of weeks been kind of 24-7 working on that. But from mm. the depths of the madness-inducing mind maps, we are joined by our favorite Gunter, the one and only green-eyed music lover, or musket lover. Uh, green, I hope... Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> green, I hope you're doing well. Looking forward to tonight's chat. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Musket lover. Okay. The story behind that is, for those of you who don't know... My name is spelled with a K in music instead of like a C. It's spelled with the German spelling. I swear to God, every streamer who has read my name on stream who doesn't know me personally has even, even Mylan. Some, even some people who do know her personally. Yes. Oh, no. Even Mylan read it as green-eyed musket lover. And I'm like, I may be from the Midwest, <laughs> but I do not love me some muskets. I, they do not I aim well. Know. They do I, not aim well. They do not reload well. But you know what? When they do hit the target, they do a lot of damage. That's true. And that's always mm. the I mean, granted, it's like a 15% world. chance that it's going to hit the target. But <laughs> <It's> that, God. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, it's just, it's it's always amusing. And he did it tonight because I jumped into the Dame stream because they're doing a charity stream this weekend, which I will be on on mm. Sunday. But, um, yeah. Hello, future people. If you haven't, if you've listened to it and it's past Sunday, I'm sorry you missed it. It's, I will, tr anyway, he read my name because I said hi. Because it's like, oh yeah, I'll just, I'll say hi to Mylan because Mylan and I met at Guardian Con this year. And lo and behold, that cursed, long, slightly complicated name <laughs> bit him in the rear. And I'm going to give him grief. Like nobody's business. It's just going to happen. So if you I see would, Mylan, go give him grief. I, I would totally just say you're completely authorized to do so. Not that I'm his manager or anything, but <laughs> please, for the love of God, just feel free. <laughs> well, in the guest co-host spotlight tonight, we are joined by the grizzly bearded lore master himself, Beard Grizzly. <laughs> Beard, how are you doing tonight? Uh, well, aside from a side of what is sleep, uh, you know, yeah. the, the typical, um, no, I'm, I'm doing great. Uh, I was up super, super, super late as usual, just, uh, scripting, voicing, so on. Um, but as always just kind of continuing to do the, the lore thing, building that channel and everything else. Uh, side note, speaking of, I've been actually at this now for, uh, just three days over. I actually, I shouldn't say that. Just just a week over a year. Nice. Uh, I actually just passed my year marker because I count the uh, the effort eat lore video as the first thing that I had done with lore, and it was. 
uh, and that was posted October 13th of 2016. So I am officially past a year that I have been involved in this. And I cannot thank if you, any of you are here and have given me any support, I cannot thank any of you guys enough. Uh, and aside from, uh, you know, Matt for being as welcoming as he has been, uh, I do need to give you guys here at FFC a huge shout out because you guys have been extremely welcoming. Uh, a, a really nice extra little family to, to kind of come home to talk with you guys. So on. Uh, so I cannot honestly thank you guys enough for being as supportive as you have been. Um, but in terms of, uh, anything from me, uh, I, I think most of you know me at this point, or at least some of you do, uh, you guys can find me over on YouTube, uh, beard underscore grizzly. That is when YouTube decides to put me in the algorithm. Cause I found out for two <laughs> weeks, I wasn't in the algorithm. What? I legitimately oh my searched my God. name on desktop and mobile. Oh. Could not find it. Could oh. not find my name. You can find some of my videos, but you couldn't find my channel. And it was like very, very few videos i was like what is going on um but you can also find me over on twitch same name uh and you can also find me on twitter same name i will be starting on twitch uh probably again once everything kind of settles out from the season uh so you guys can actually look forward to some live streams soon enough nice yes live streams i love live streams mm. from everyone so yes. so i have a very serious question for beard oh dear why are you asking me serious questions? We know how this goes. Are there horse people? Um, horse people? No. No. <laughs> my, my cotton socks! Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, man. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to diving into this one. Because this is this is going to be a great discussion. I have a I have a good feeling about this. Uh, but what did we say quick, in the pre-show? I a brain know. smoothie. A brain smoothie. Yes, I think that's. But that was about that was about the other show, wasn't it? Or was um, that about this show? Yeah, it's about I mean, all. Or is the it about shows. both both of them? <laughs> I'm going to say maybe it's all the shows. All the shows. Just yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's run through a few quick notes and then we'll get right into it. Our topic for this week's chat is going to be a look at War Minds. Before we jump into that, however, I do have a few housekeeping notes to run through. In our last chat, we discussed The Traveler. If you ever miss an episode and would like to catch up, please be sure to check out the new www.focusfirechat.com for archives, articles, and links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat. If you don't mind, please give us some feedback on iTunes to let us know how we're doing, as well as helping us continue to grow. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday, at about 10pm Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who were unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network, found at theguardiansofdestiny.com. These include Guardian Radio, the first and longest-running Destiny podcast on the net, Guardian 1, Ghosts and Echoes, which also has the Destiny audio grimoire from Destiny 1, and the network's newest edition, a non-Destiny-focused podcast, Paragon Radio. 
Our next chat is going to be a discussion on the Emperor's Hit List. Be sure to weigh in on the poll this weekend to let us know what topic you want to discuss after that. Links to that poll can be found on either Twitter, at FocusFireChat, or within our Discord server. I've asked Green to put together a high-level summary of tonight's topic, and this is what she had to say. Rasputin. The mystical advisor that survived an assassination by poison. <laughs> I, I, I mean the, I mean the war mind that is sometimes friend and sometimes well complicated. The legendary war mind stood watch over our golden age colonies. Vigilant intelligences stretched across thousands of war sats and hardened installations. When the collapse struck, the great war mines fought and died. Rasputin fell with them. Or did he? Maybe the supercomputer fooled all of them, and for a time all of us. Until we reconnected him to his satellite hubs across the solar system, and by doing so, unleashed this megalo- <laughs> Excuse me. This incalculable mind. Today... We talk about his past and his suspected present. Hopefully, none of us will have a war sat dropped on our heads. Before we jump into the information and thoughts that the community had about war minds, however, let's look at this week's lost lore. You said, wait for it, Green. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, I'm, I am actually reading this chat. Why Why am I waiting Yay! for it? No, I thought this was the Randy one, but I, I didn't realize this was the last My bad. Randy's, Randy's new bit lasts a little longer than I'm used to. So I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. And now I feel really awkward. Just like that kid who stands on stage waiting for their cue, and then they totally miss it. It's like, what am I waiting for? I don't know. I don't, know. I don't know. I feel like as much as Green says that she was like, you know, big old, big old music person, and everything. If she was up on stage during like the middle school play, she was the tree that says, "I'm a tree," and that's her line. <laughs> I will have you know that I played. In middle school, I played a little orphan that was not Orphan Annie, but one from Oliver. Oh, oh. yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I also had short hair, so I, I had to play a lot of guy parts. Surprise! We don't have guys <laughs> that like to act. Anyway, last anyway, lore. Hey, last lore. This one, this one totally did not uh, make us obsessed. A little all. bit, a lot of it, a lot of it. Um, so, what is you, obsession? Do we need to redefine yeah, that first? We, normal. That's true. normal. It's normal for us. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. It's okay. when you it's when you spend all of your time talking about a game that apparently doesn't have story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, isn't that what, <laughs> what episode? What episode are we on? Oh man. Um. <laughs> 
but I don't know what's what's been my last year. What's, what's been my last year? Our last two years. What? But anyway, yeah, so this it. this lost lore section I think is going to be one of Green's that that guy just completely failed at the Flores Lava game. Um, <laughs> one of Green, sorry, we're if live stream we actually are in the tower and I, I, one of the random guardians tried the Flores Lava game and it didn't go well. Um, but uh, this is actually one that Green and I I don't I don't even know if this was originally going to be a lost lore. But it turned into such an obsessive project for the two of us mm-hmm. that we really couldn't not use it as a lost lore. And that's going to, it's going to, it's basically going to be a discussion on the music of the Arcebo, Arecibo. I don't even know. Arecibo. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man. I don't even know where to start on this one, Green. Well, okay. So there are. F- technically four different pieces that play during the Arecibo mission. One, when you find the first music box, there's two more music boxes after that. And then the third section is the boss fight where those three boxes show up in the same room. And then you have the final box, which is the ending after the boss where you find this whole chamber of boxes, which is slightly terrifying to me considering everything that we, you had just gone through the lore that goes with all these music pieces, which we were okay. When Blue says we were obsessing on it, I've listened to more Tchaikovsky now in the last week than I ever did when I was going to school to teach music, and I mm-hmm. took four semesters of music history, so it's been quite a bit. Either that, or I was really bad at actually following through on homework. But that's besides the point. Um, <laughs> We're not going to talk about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Luckily, what is homework? I'm actually going to shout out for my wife real quick and do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, she came up with, hey, why don't you just Shazam it? Because that makes sense. And then I, I kind of ponked myself on the head going, uh, duh. We found some <laughs> clips that are long enough without any shooting in the background. And we got two of them absolutely found, like proven I can give you links to them on YouTube or Spotify. The other two, I'm working on it. But yeah. we have so, good so ideas basically, about it. we have two confirmed, and then, like, what would you say? The the last one, I think, is like pure speculation. I mean, it's. Well, I think no, the first one's speculation. The last yes. one's kind of probable. Yeah, just yes. simply because of the historical well, context of the game and it and it's funny actually with the first one because it makes a lot of sense that it almost would be especially considering the quote now that i'm right, jump, jumping right, right, ahead right. but yeah okay so the first piece is not named obviously since we don't have an actual name for the piece it is a pentatonic piece the closest mm. relation i found was a japanese tea ceremony type song it's very similar to what we hear in the game um blue do you have anything on the shamisen Shamashin. Uh, Shamashin it's it's actually an instrument in uh Japanese culture. I believe it's a three stringed instrument. There's a few interesting like kind of like uh trivia things about the shamisen, and I, I think that's how you pronounce it. If it's not, please just yell at me on Twitter like you guys always love to. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I will give you plenty of opportunities throughout the episode to yell at me about mispronouncing words. Um 
but the Samuelson is a three-stringed kind of. It, it's basically a guitar. Um, and the, the interesting thing about it is that the instrument, and I can't remember, I just went blank on the little thing that they use to play, but it's a, it's basically a bone fan-esque type oh, thing. Oh, the, the, I can't oh remember, gosh. I can't remember it's, the proper name for it. It's basically a spatula. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's not yeah. far off. Um, but the, depending on the specific situation of when the shamisen is being played, that actually has an impact on the um, the model type, I guess, if you will, of the shamisen. So, like during, uh, I think it's, I think it's during tea ceremonies and uh, like proper and light, lighthearted moments and stuff like that. The shamisen would often have a very thin neck, uh, which basically mm-hmm. it it has a very strong influence on the sound that it creates. And then during like different situations, it, they would range from a very, very, very thin neck to a very thick neck on the uh, on the stringed or the uh, I guess the fretboard basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that I mean that's just like the trivia that I was able to pick up. It, I mean it is a very Japanese thing. It it makes sense given the quote that is read or that right. is recited. Um, which is basically, <clears throat> excuse me, it says, uh, it play, it's playing in the background when the following quote is stated, and it says, real things in the darkness seem no realer than dreams. That mm-hmm. quote is a quote from a what is often regarded as the world's first novel. It was a uh, story written during the 11th century, and it was the tale of Genji. Um yep. Shame, shame, shameless. I don't know. Chat's trying to teach me how to say the word in in text, but um. So yeah, I mean, like it it makes to me it makes sense that it would like that that aligns that aligns with where the quote is originating from, since that's the instrument from that same area. Mm-hmm. So, but I know, and there's Green, a I think few... I was about to say, Green, didn't you have something that connected? You had something that connected all the quotes together too, other than like the well, obvious. The thing that connected a lot of the quotes together actually has to do with how the music layers on top of each other, okay, okay. more so mm. than anything else. Um, and that's from a music teacher's perspective, more so than from a lore game perspective. Uh, the other thing about that song is there are other instruments going on. If you listen to the whole clip of it which i was really lucky and i i can't find it right now one of our gunters actually recorded the entire song without any gunplay in the background i don't know how he did it but he recorded it and uploaded it for me to listen to and the song is it actually becomes a lot more melodic towards the end at the beginning it's very sparse and very just lots of space between the sound which is typical for some tea ceremonies because it's more of being contemplative right that's kind of the mm-hmm. Purpose of being in a tea ceremony. This one it does develop slowly towards the end, and you don't really hear that because everybody gets impatient because it doesn't sound like it's going to be anything else than what it is. But there is a whole song that goes up there. Yeah, the um, Trouble Girl just said in chat the Erhu, the Erhu or Erhu yes. is also one that is similar to this one, and I actually think it's more Erhu like in this clip rather than the. Uh, Shaw Mason but that's I mean it's going to be up to debate our ears aren't trained necessarily for a lot of the classical Asian instruments 
mm-hmm. which are ancient and ancient, 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 ancient. And some of them are really cool. Um, mm-hmm. There's a, there's a Chinese loot that has a lot of lore built into the loot itself, but I'm diverging. The second piece <laughs> that we get into is from Handel and it's music for the Royal fireworks. It's the overture to that, which Handel wrote at the behest of King George II. Uh, King George, he was wanting to celebrate the end of a war that was going on in Europe at the time. It was the war of the, what was it? The Austrian succession war. Yes. If I remember mm-hmm. right. And he was using it as a way to celebrate some funny, funny stories about Handel during this. Handel was pissed. <laughs> he was so mad. The time. Um, Handel was a very private composer. He did not want any public performances before the date, which is very common for composers because that's how they, that's, they, they want to make sure it's perfect. They want to make sure their notoriety gets out. That's how they get their hype up. Apparently, King George forced him to do a rehearsal prior to the actual night when the fireworks were going to happen, but it was public. He made no, it no, public. it wasn't. It wasn't. It was six days prior to the the, yeah. the thing, and it not only was public, it was like it was like uh, announced, and he actually caused. Um, I can't remember how much of the city to shut down. But there was like huge amounts of the city that shut down because of the basically the traffic to get mm-hmm. to the park that he was being he was being forced to do this this recital in, and he was not happy at all. Oh, there's mm-hmm. oh god, there's other things that happened with this piece. Like this, okay, this whole piece is the water suite from Handel. The music for the royal fireworks is the piece that obviously happened right before the fireworks, but. The water suite was commissioned by King George. King George hated string instruments, like mm-hmm. despised violins, violas, cellos, all of them. He made Handel write a military band style piece, which was kind of unheard of at the time. Most serious composers didn't touch it just because it was considered kind of not proper for a composer to write for that. Well, that I get, I kind of yeah. get the feeling that it was also it, it they they felt like they couldn't get the um uh finesse of a of well, the stringed instrument, right? Sort of, yeah. Like it's any kind of string string instrument you can create a variety of sounds with much more easily than your wind instruments. Granted, there are ways to kind of manipulate the wind instruments, but you can't get you can make a cat sound on a violin. I mean, obviously, if you hand a violin to a fifth grader, they can make a cat sound. But mm-hmm. as I was say, uh, that's not a special skill, Green. It, I can it can be, though. You can make it sound nice. It could be a nice cat sound. But he right, also... We're going to change the topic then. No. <laughs> no. We're, we're there's, no there's no such thing as a nice cat sound. Cats are evil. <laughs> Cats are not evil. Um the other thing is he originally called for 16 trumpets. He only got nine, which. Oh, yeah, that's right. Granted, trumpets are loud and they mm. project better than most other wind instruments. The thing that he did get an abundance of, which I find absolutely hilarious. If you're a music out there in any way, shape or form, you're going to find this quite funny because I think this sounds like a duck and I taught it and I still think it sounds like a duck. He had 24 oboes. 
Oh my god. Why? I don't know. <sighs> I don't understand it. It's like seriously? 20 24 oboes. Mm-hmm. You Nine can't trump- make that sound good. You can't. You know how to tune a oboe? <laughs> <laughs> you throw like, in the garbage, my no, mind. Well, you you can tune two oboes. I mean, this is the thing. <laughs> it's the same way you tune a pi- two piccolos. Mm-hmm. You shoot one of them. Anyway, yep. I knew that was coming. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a pretty pretty straightforward setup pun type thing. But yeah, uh-huh. um, the quote. Do you want to read the quote for that beard? All right. Uh, and you're going with the second part of that. So the intelligence is ongoing? Um, misdirected. Misdirected. Okay. This I is the that's one right. from the mission. Yeah. Misdirected by accident or intent, intelligence can foster its own ecstasies of growth and decay. And it's so funny how this one shifts and it, it opens up to something else. I'm wondering why Bungie took so many liberties with this one. Why do you say that? Because of the way that, of course, it shifts over to the uh, Octavia uh, Butler's uh, parable and how she wrote it uh, comparably, uh, comparatively, it it's so different from what she had written, and it just doesn't. I almost feel like the entire quotation should have been there because the rest of what was here, uh, what what Octavia had written versus what they put into the game doesn't necessarily line up, at least to me. It it seems like it's so short and deliberately changed for some other reason. Okay. Uh, Blue, I see that you're back. You want to read the Octavia one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you know, we can we can read the Octavia one. Um, and so what Beard is saying is this is a paraphrasing of this quote from uh, Octavia Butler's Parable of the Sower. And that quote is, Intelligence is ongoing, individual adapt- adaptability. Adaptations that an intelligent species may make in a single generation, other species make over many generations of selecting, selecting breeding, selective breeding, and selective dying. Yet intelligence is demanding. If it is misdirected by accident or by intent, it can foster its own orgies of breeding and dying. End quote. That is such a different... Yes, flavor. That's, that's what, uh, yeah, and that's why I was kind of like, it's a paraphrase. It's like a really, I think they lost a lot of the. the I think they cut out. It. Well, they cut yeah. out some of the obvious bits to make sure the well, game stays a little bit. I mean, it obviously doesn't mean what we typically think. But you insert that that word, and if somebody ends up catching it, they're going to be like, "Oh, I'm for mature." Yeah. Exactly. I don't know if, I mean, that's obviously oh, not yeah. the only thing that's yeah. cut out, but yeah. the I mean, older... like, I get, I get that. Like, I, I, I got, like, I, I'm, I don't have a big problem with that one, but I think, Beard, you're, you're kind of mm-hmm. hit it on, on my thoughts is, like, by cutting out, um, that, that last, like, the, I mean, they, it feels like they cut out, like, three-fourths of it. I'm sure, I'm, I know mm-hmm. they yeah. probably only cut out, like, half, but, I mean, it feels like you lose... You lose a lot in you lose a lot in paraphrasing anything, anyways. And so when you paraphrase, and then you also trim down, it's it just to me, it's like I don't know. And and they could be well, by, it, by intent. It could be a by yeah. intent situation, you know. So 
Exactly. It's one of those things where you look at it and you're like, you you just took this quotation that has about another paragraph worth to go ahead and pop into this 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 understanding of this this idea that Octavia had and that can be directly quoted from whoever is quoting it. And you turn it into something completely different and take that interpretation completely away from it, even with it being a full parable, even with it being just something that's like a pair, like a, a small blurb of what she had already written. And then you put it into something that you, you have just distorted that meaning entirely. And right. it doesn't end up throwing into the, the same place now as what it used to be. Mm-hmm. So it was questionable the moment that I heard it uh, in game. Because I, I I always hear this stuff, and of course I go directly to Google, and I'm like, who said it? Who who did mm-hmm. it? And it didn't line up. It didn't line up at all. And and reading this, and then looking back, and having them like sitting right there, or, you know, on screen like you guys have it, and having them, it just just the length doesn't add up. The, yeah, the length, the length is uh, the part it, that it's like whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, really. Right. It like all of a sudden this turns from like a single cent, and I. And I get it. They have to go ahead and shorten it because they have to make it interesting for the people listening. And they have to go ahead and alter it for the sake of having it there. But by changing a few words the way that they did, even in, within the sentence structure that they uh, that they took and quoted, it all of a sudden takes on a completely different meaning. I would actually say that by if you take those two quotes separately and you don't realize that they're the same quote, obviously we do because it's quite apparent – but if you take the meaning of the quote in game by itself, it does have a very different set of meaning. Like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't mean anything like well, it's the, tailored. The, it's definitely tailored. Well, it's not just tailored. I mean, the whole if you look at all the music, the music in some ways is tailored too. there's yes, they're using actual music that is real life, real world music, but they're picking very, very specific pieces for very specific reasons i think mm-hmm. and i'm going to get into that here in a little bit once we get a little more spin foily yes. but if you take the quote by itself misdirected by accident or intent intelligence can foster its own ecstasies of growth and decay if you put that in the perspective of a war mind a supercomputer that is probably bored out of his mind in some respects and calculating you mm-hmm. i mean you, his sense of entertainment is possibly messing with us part of the time. I mean, there's probably some intent there too, but it would not make me think twice. Like, I wouldn't think twice about Rasputin deliberately messing with Guardians mm-hmm. just to mess with them. No, I, I completely I, agree I mean, on that. And one. I think. In in line with that too, I think that plays a good segue into you know the third the third piece. You know, with oh, the, quote, right. the quote like I think that mm-hmm. plays a really good play. You know, talking about kind of doing the mind games. Uh, the mm-hmm. third the third quote is the in green. I'm gonna let you explain this one because I still <laughs> like this this piece of music was a head trip to find i'll just be uh, this, bluntly this, honest yeah. this thing was, was like oh man i don't know how green i think green this is this is totally due to shazam shazam well, I, didn't shazam. Thing, I don't even know that thing was still around but yeah <laughs> and actually i want to give a shout out to the reddit 
that initially like drug oh, me yeah, into that's this. Right, that's right. Yeah. Um, Hollywood, uh, Hollywood, Holly could is the guy who originally posted this about a month ago. And it got me thinking about all of it. And I went back and I did Shazam it to double check and double like, make sure it's sure that it matches up correctly. And some of them do. He also had trouble figuring out what the first and the last one are, but this third piece is incredibly rare. Um, it's called the people tree romance, which it is done by a group that has only put out one album ever. It is incredibly difficult to find on YouTube. You, it, and, here's, here's a pro tip. Don't search for the song name, search for the group name. Right. Because and, blue searched for the song name and <laughs> there's like pages and pages of dissertations apparently on this topic that is not have anything to do with songs. Right. And it's very and we'll confusing. Get, in, <laughs> get into the actual history of the song, I'm sure a little bit, but the group is the Yasutha Sama Sundram Ensemble. So those are two different words. I would look it up on Shazam, the people tree romance. It shows up, or not Shazam, uh, Spotify. If you have Spotify, you can look it up on there fairly easily versus trying to find it on YouTube because the people tree is very historic in both Hindu and Buddhism because the people tree is another name for the Bodhi tree which is the tree that Buddha sat underneath to gain enlightenment. And it is also a sacred tree in the Hindu tradition. And speaking of the Hindu tradition, it actually, the quote that we get with this one is from a Hindu text. Mm-hmm. And it says, once war has been, un- has been undertaken, no peace is made by pretending there is no war, which is a direct quote, I believe, at least a direct translation from the Mahab Mahabar ah, I am not obviously anywhere near. <laughs> it's the book of this. effort. Yes, there's a <laughs> Hindu name that is one. like twelve letters long that has a lot of syllables. It's awesome sounding, I'm sure, but mm-hmm. I can't make it sound right. Anyway, that is the people tree romance. It is also pentatonic, which it is five notes as far as the scale that it's used, which brings us to our last piece with the alternate ending, which is the one that blue is most excited. And I got a warning sign of that. I'm talking too much about these other pieces. (laughs) Um, It is the possibility of this being the sixth symphony of Tchaikovsky, particularly the third, third movement of the sixth symphony, if I remember correctly. Mm Hmm. And yeah, yeah it's, blue. Why is this important? Oh my gosh, it's so cool. So the the thing about a symphony is that most most people will probably know this at a basic level, but a symphony is is basically a story. Like that's that's what the point of a story is. Now, Tchaikovsky was a um, prolific writer, let's just say, and he often dodged the concept that he actually met head on with the sixth symphony and that is the idea of death um and especially in his fourth and fifth symphonies he actually had his his characters if you will um the motto themes of both of those symphonies were basically talking about the destiny of the symphony the destiny of the symphony hero and it didn't actually address their end the the end of their their story and so the sixth symphony is actually him kind of 
meeting that entire aspect head on. And it's go. It's actually described as basically a battle between the stubborn life energy and ultimately a stronger force of oblivion that ends up in terrifying exhaustion. Is the entire is the explanation of the whole symphony. So the quote that this is playing during is a quote from Mikhail Bulgakov's novel *The Master and Margarita*, which is a somewhat modern novel. But the quote says, never ask for anything, never for anything, and especially from those who are stronger than you. They'll make the offer themselves and give everything themselves. The other thing about this this particular piece is that apparently, I did not know this because this is the ending that I had to this adventure, but apparently that is, it's an alternative ending, and I don't know how to trigger it. So I've been looking, and I haven't figured out how to trigger that. But the you other did not get this ending. No, I did get this ending. Okay. I mm-hmm. and when I talk to people, a lot of people have not gotten this ending. Huh. So I, I yeah, didn't. This know. is the only one I've gotten doing it several times. Now this is the only one I've gotten. Same here. <clears throat> okay. I, I when I was talking to people, they were saying this is the alternative ending. So I was like, mm-hmm. I didn't realize I did anything special. But I, may, I mean, yeah. like, I don't know. Um, it and it might be not. The fact- we I mean does everybody go and find the little music box room at the end because you finish the boss fight you might just stop there I can't remember if it actually ends the maybe it's not an alternative ending they just don't continue on that's possible that's possible but the 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 kind of the ominous thing (laughs) that happens here I'm trying to be gentle but basically Rasputin or a war mind rewrites ghost memories and erases them. So mm-hmm. we have an instance of a war mind who is very obviously capable of overwriting and or changing our ghost memories of events. Right. Uh, he basically he, he deletes ghost short term memory. And that has a lot of really nefarious implications because if that if a war mind can do that to a ghost then you know we rely on ghosts to kind of be our guide about this world and that kind of begs the question of what else has been changed in his memories or his knowledge you know what what has been implanted what has been deleted to make it make us more i don't know malleable to doing things um but the the particular piece that this is, and I think this is actually supposed to be the first movement, not the third movement. I can't remember if it's the first movement. It's the first movement, but the third section of it. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. So the first movement is all about the impulse, passion, confidence, and thirst for activity. And it's a very short movement of the symphony. It's shorter than most movements because it's actually supposed to be, well, it's supposed to be frantic. Like it's supposed to be like, living in life and you know this it's the introduction of this life force that is going to um go up against this immovable force of i don't want to say darkness but like darkness um it it really is i mean that's what it is it is and so basically this again the symphony is is a symphony that he wrote that basically finally faces the fate that stalks his like first his fourth and fifth symphonies um and so like the the cool thing, and I had this I had this article that's one of our one of, I can't remember who it was in chat, and I I'm so sorry I can't remember who posted this, 
but it was a uh, it was a really good analysis of it. And he said, and, and the guy is talking about like how the symphony, the ending of it. And he says, in the sixth, Tchaikovsky meets that inexorable descent head on. And in so doing, he creates a new shape for the symphony and one of the most audacious and boldest uh, compositional moves of the 19th century. That slow lamenting finale turns the entire symphonic paradigm on its head and changes at a stroke the possibility of what a symphony could be. Instead of Uh ending in grand public joy, the sixth symphony closes with private, intimate, personal pain. This symphony Mm -hmm. is about a battle between a stubborn life energy and an ultimately stronger force of oblivion that ends up in terrifying exhaustion. And the other... Oh, no, go for it, go for it. I mean, he told like most symphonies will end with a fanfare. Right. That's right. a very, and, very common thing. And he completely turned it on its head. Mm-hmm. Um, the other... We as humans love our happy endings. And then Tchaikovsky was just like, nope, forget it. He's a Russian. Right. Um, well, okay. He's also <laughs> really, he's probably... honestly, if you've read any Russian he's... literature, it's kind of, kind of mm-hmm. a theme. He, he, it, yes. It pretty well but fits he, he's still one of the, I would say one of the lighter Russians oh, yes, as far yes, as the music yes, goes yes, for yes. a long ways. But yeah, he does have some darker moments and the symphony or the portion of the symphony that we hear in destiny is uh, a fanfare yeah. type symphony. And what we really hear before it goes on, we don't even hear a full line. You hear what's called a motive, which is just mm-hmm. a tiny bit of an idea. So that's part of the reason why it's so hard to prove that this, the sixth symphony it just fits really well lore wise because blue reminded me and so did other people in chat that the sixth symphony was rasputin's song from destiny one right and that's why that's why him. i'm pretty comfortable saying that it's probable that this is the sixth symphony like mm-hmm. just because because of the context in in which we hear this and the kind of the nod that this is to rasputin and then oh and then also when ghost gets his memories rewritten he um he starts spouting like random phrases and a bunch of the phrases are about mars and the ice caps and like red he, sand he, and red sand right. and he's he's talking about all this stuff that's going on in mars and it's just i mean the thing is is like so that kind of i mean that kind of leads into the 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 rest of the podcast really if you want to mm-hmm. queue up lorebot I, I will queue up lorebot for you green if you can i have one last thing about this section because yes. i know yes this is lost lore but this really has to do with what it does it does we will so. we will probably be coming back to these in the second um, concept so the thing that kind of ties everything together is when three songs three you have two pentatonic songs and the handles uh fanfare the Handel's fanfare, the music for the Royal Fireworks, is in a major key for people who understand music or play music. It's in a major key. And then the two pentatonic pieces fit well in with that because when you teach children how to play pentatonic or teach them how to play together, you always take away, if, you, if you're a singer or whatnot, you always take the fa and the la off of the keyboard because those are the notes that makes everything sound ugly because that's what creates tritones and those are not pretty sounds. And there's a whole history on that, that interval right there, but you could leave those five notes on the keyboard and you can have the kids play to their hearts content. And it will always sound pretty good if you take away those two notes. So Bungie did a trick here by having two pentatonic songs mesh on top of the handle 
so it fits together. And it also has, at least with the two that I was able to see fit together a little bit more, there's a lot of female empowerment or yes. female stuff going on, which I'm sure we'll talk about a bit later. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My, I'm done with my music turned out. <laughs> I'm ready no, to no. go now. And the thing is, is like the reason why I'm not too pressed for time on this particular thing is like you said, you know, this, this actually does really heavily tie into the topic for tonight. And so I think real quick, let's run, let's run Randy. Cause I know everyone really wants to hear the broken version of Randy. Um, and then we'll jump into the the content. I think we're going to just touch really quickly on the summary and then we'll talk about we'll, we'll, we'll be coming back to these adventures. So here, here's 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 the lore bot. Lore bot 2.0 activated. Query received. Interfacing with expanded database directory. Response received. Displaying on screen for review. Okay, so real quick, summary of Warminds uh, that we know from Destiny 1. I, I have a pretty pretty good summary. I like my summary. Green likes my summary, even though she's going to laugh at me. But Rasputin is a bamf who did not shoot the Traveler. <laughs> Moving on. We're done. Uh, you kept it, Pete. I know. I'm so. I'm so good at this game. I'm so good at this game. Um, that's what happens. That's what happens when you have a kid. Yeah, no, I get lots of lots of practice. A uh, lot of <laughs> lot of whispering those words. Um, but no, I think the the best way to do this is really to queue up the Rasputin card. And if you guys don't mind, I can I can read that real quick. You guys good yeah, sure. for that one? Okay, perfect. All right, so this is actually, again, like what we kind of talked about last time. We used to have these really, for those who are joining us in Destiny 2, we used to have these really cool things called Grimoire cards. We don't have them anymore. It makes me very sad. <laughs> um, <clears throat> this is, so this is one of them. This is so much sadness because there's so much cool information. In it. But IshtarCollective.net, big shout out to these guys for having these. Um, this is a card that's literally the Rasputin Grimoire card. And it says, the legendary war mine stood watch over our golden age colonies. Vigilant intelligence is stretched across thousands of war sets and hardened installations. When the collapse struck, the great war mines fought and died. Rasputin fell with them, or so history believed. But centuries of explorers' tales spoke of a surviving, elusive war mind, a myth substantiated when guardians exploring the old Cosmodrome made positive contact with Rasputin. A single war mind still lives, diminished but unbroken. Threatened by a convergence of fallen and high forces, Rasputin exploited the reactivation of the Cosmodrome's terrestrial space array to extend itself across the inner solar system. The Guardian Vanguard hoped that Rasputin might make a powerful ally, capable of mapping and reviving Golden Age military assets and recruiting them for the city's defense. But Rasputin has proven recalcitrant and high-handed, unresponsive to the city's outreach. We cannot characterize Rasputin's strategic objectives or capabilities, cannot define its physical or computational architecture, cannot ascertain its disposition with regard to the city, and cannot be sure it retains memory of events before the collapse. Perhaps what remains is only an autonomic shell, defending itself by reflex. Or perhaps Rasputin's objectives have changed, transformed by some vital information it obtained during those dark days. Rasputin's survival opens the possibility that other war mines may be revivable. 
opening weapon systems in, to aid in city defenses. The Vanguard and Consensus hope that continued outreach towards Rasputin will develop into a strategic alliance. End quote. Um, <clears throat> I love that card because mm-hmm. it confirms mm-hmm. it confirms that Rasputin is not the only war mine. Um, but what? Is, what? Is, is, is Grimoire from Destiny 1 still considered canon at this point? Uh, I would honestly um, go on record to say yes. Yeah, there's. I, I, I would say that there's probably room for a lot of it to be retconned, but mm-hmm. I don't. I don't, I don't a, think so. It's I think, flexible. I mean, well, flexible, maybe not retconned. Yeah, I think yeah, retconned's the wrong can, word for I it. I mean, I, I just go back to you know we talked about this a little bit. Green, you and I talked about this especially mm-hmm. uh, about the episode zero theory, right? Okay, if Destiny One is an episode zero, which is how they've kind of presented that, that's fine. Because the concept of an episode zero is that it creates the world in which you are interacting with. It's it's uh, mm-hmm. from for for those of us who play D anD D, you know, it's the DMG in which you put the players. So, for me, the Grimoire card are basically the behind the scenes rules that are going on that the DM knows, whereas the players don't really know necessarily all of them. So, Destiny two, mm-hmm. we now have the players' handbook instead of the DMG. Which is why a lot mm-hmm. of us who were DMs are very upset because we want the DMG, <laughs> not the PHB. Yes. Um, yes. Kudos to anybody who followed. No, I was about to say kudos to anybody who followed that rant because <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons for the made, win. It made and sense. It better in my be head. version three, y'all. Ver- version no. three. No, three point five was okay. Actually, I'm 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 not mm-hmm. lying. Five five E is actually not too bad. I've been. I've I haven't been, tried you know, any five. I've so been I can't swayed. Comment, I've that's, been that's I've fair. been swayed for to five e. It is <laughs> focus, focus. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, um, but the and and that's and that's honestly that's how I see it. I see the grimoire as still being canon. I think that and and you know I mean obviously there's wiggle room. We have 105 episodes that we've we've discussed the wiggle room of grimoire. Mm-hmm. You know, like right. depending on how depending on how you interpret. it, a particular word it it can mean completely different things and then the other thing is is that the reminder that these cards are being are being expressed by someone um in the world right and and this is another huge shout out to ishtar ishtar just put out a a great podcast with kex about the different levels of certainty and then Purple also has done a, an episode about the bias. And if you guys, oh, if, so if, good. if people are interested in like how Green and I and Beard, I know you do this as well. At, at any of those of us who are usually pretty shoulder deep in this stuff, if you are curious about like how we kind of look at stuff, I really recommend here listening to those two episodes because mm-hmm. it's a good crash course in just, uh, I, I don't even want to call it basic research. But it kind of it's it's, in, it's a crash course to research mentality and how to get into that right. mindset without um, letting yourself get drugged down into the rabbit, hole, which is fun. Right? No, it no, no. Fun it's fun, but there. but the thing about getting drugged into the rabbit hole is it's very dangerous to become biased. And if you don't know that you're biased, being biased in a view is not a bad thing as long as you know that you're biased, mm-hmm. and as long as as long as you can like you can. Um, account for that right it's not a problem 
it's just it's a problem when you don't know it and you don't recognize right. it. Right. Which is why I mean that that epi- that bias episode that Purple did is still one of my one of my mm-hmm. favorite episodes I of agree. a podcast. Um, mm-hmm. But and I think that's that's where I see there not being a problem with the grimoire is because okay so this Rasputin card right. Um, this Rasputin card, I'd almost kind of argue is more of a narrator tone, like, but there are cards about Rasputin that are told specifically from characters inside the world, right? Most of the Ghost Fragment Rasputin cards, which we have all linked in the, the mind map, most of the Ghost Fragment cards are all, pretty much all from either Rasputin's point of view or someone else's, you know, mm-hmm. I think what's, what, who's the, the general who teases Rasputin? Lanshu. Ah, tell him to calm down. It's not like I'm gonna <laughs> really? hit a ship. I know how to fly a glider. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I think, and, and so I, as far as like being canon, I, I definitely think that these are still canon. The other thing is, is like throughout Destiny One, and this is where I keep kind of coming back to multiple war mines. Is in Destiny One, they were always described as planetary war mines. They were never really mm-hmm. called war mines. And I guess yes. to me that that kind of imp- I mean that implies that you have a network of planetary war mines. Well, that denotes that they are on planets, like each like Rasputin was on Earth because he's the he's the first among equals. And then Charlemagne. It was on Mars. Um and then, you know, like each planet kind of it, it was it was always kind of implied that there was a, a war mine instance on each planet. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in green, I think the argument that you you had was that that was before, but what about mm-hmm. now? Well, it's whether or not the war mines are tied together now because of the Skyshock mission. Mm-hmm. Whether whether or not they, yeah, it's that's a huge debate in and of itself, and I'm sure that's going to be talked a little bit. Yeah. Later. I... Well, and so I, I mean, it fits into this. It fits into this segment it does. really well. It does because the other thing that happened in Destiny One is, and I can't remember when we got Martell. Was it? It was one of the DLCs. I can't. Martell remember. showed up in House. Was it House of Wolves? House of Wolves. I think. But didn't we have that for the Sleeper? Because I think that's where we started to re- learn some of that. Well, Sleeper showed up later. Sleeper wasn't until yeah. The but Sleeper That's... Sleeper was a project by Rasputin to give it. Rasputin was babysitting us through the Sleeper, which is I I still love yeah. that that trivia fact mm-hmm. is that the Sleeper is actually Rasputin keeping literally keeping an eye on the Guardian. He's like, mm-hmm. here's a here's a really powerful weapon, but I'm coming with you. <laughs> so here's twelve percent. I twelve percent of my intelligence go with you. Which is terrifying to think it, about. It is. It's really yeah, scary. It's... It it gives it gives what's the Amazon thing? Alexa. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say Rasputin, gets a, Rasputin or, I need some more ammo. No. <laughs> or like we just heard about from uh from Google, but that's another thing, so I will focus. Um if I'm looking at Ishtar proper, they actually say uh at nine nine of twenty fifteen. So it was actually during Taken King that we did okay. see the uh, Martel Warmind. Um, and real fast, I'll just read it off. It's the Intech Warmind Core. Uh, codename Martel. Parent Redacted. Status Ili- uh, Iliodor Complete. 
So it's more of this uh, typical code that Rasputin likes to talk in, uh, or at least that we see a lot of like the Warmind code being. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see things like Yuga da- uh, Sundown, uh, Velispa, so on and so forth, uh, just kind of tying back to so many different uh, different civilizations. And silly as it is, it all ties back to some of the music we heard too, mm-hmm. uh, which again right. is still very much open to interpretation on how you want to take that, of course. But uh, Martell is an interesting name. And it wasn't yes. one I was expecting to end up seeing brought up at all. So I'm I'm glad we talked about her a little. <laughs> yeah, well, and, I, the, and the reason the reason I find it interesting that Martell was brought up is because this ties into another potential war mine that we had heard about prior to the game even coming out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was Charlemagne on Mars. And this is coming right. from Deej back in, like, I think it was 2013. He was answering a question because they did the mail sack before they did This Week at Bungie. They had the blog yeah. post called The Mail Sack. And he was answering a question about, you know, potential adventures. And he basically was talking about <clears throat> recovering some of Charlemagne's equipment or something on the Dust Palace. Now, having gone through Destiny 1, we all know that that was either scrapped or it just wasn't, it, it, it didn't make the final cut. So that begs the question mm-hmm. of, did, is Charlemagne still canon? And the fact that Martell... Okay, and so so Charlemagne, um, Charlemagne, or as some people know him, Charles the Great, was um, was a, a king in, in the Rome. He was basically the Holy Roman Emperor for a good while. Yeah. Uh, very, very infamous individual uh, who, who basically did amazing stuff at in the time of his life. I think it was like 742 to 814, I think it's when he was alive. Um, Martel was his father. Or no, sorry, mm-hmm. his grandfather. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so that's where the connection kind of gets interesting because <clears throat> when you look at the the Warmind core, you um you you had the part that was redacted. It's the parent and so it's kind of like this weird, and so like it would make sense, and we kind of talked about this when we first got it because it got I got really excited when we got this because the war mine the the main core is kind of the progenitor of an AI. It's where the the intelligence comes from, right? It's the it's basically the CP like a CPU unit of the the computer, and so if it's Martell. And it's in a war mine. It would make sense that that war mine would all could be Charlemagne, because Martel yep. is teaching Charlemagne. Um, and then the, and then there's another slight connection in Destiny Two that we'll we'll get to here shortly. That's it's that connection is a bit more of a it's a bit of a stretch. It's yeah, but but it's still it is still kind of there it's still kind of the yeah i was gonna say it's still there so let's go ahead and use it right yeah i'm I'm completely (laughs) i am completely okay using it i just am gonna preface (laughs) it with it is not confirmed it's probably not even probable i mean i i don't i think it's possible i i I think it's a possible connection Mm -hmm. but green i know you wanted to well i mean i just was looking at some of the etymology and Martel is oh, a French, okay. the old French word Martel mm-hmm. literally means a hammer, especially mm-hmm. a war hammer, which kind of fits a war mind because they will 
drop a war set, or at least they used to drop a war set on your head. Right, that. and I mean Charles uh, Charles Martel was, uh, I mean, as as was most leaders in that time period, he was he was uh, six hundred eighty six to seven forty one. Uh, he was mm-hmm. a French statesman and a military leader who, like, mm-hmm. he conquered a crud ton. A ton. Yeah, he he yeah. he did, he was very busy. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> he was very like busy, that. and he was very good at what he did. So a lot of those. I don't know though if that's his. People. I don't know if a hammer was his weapon of choice though. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I know that Charlemagne's weapon of choice was a sword, which will. Yes. connect later i will bring i uh, will come back to that <laughs> yes oh yes and i will tag on to that that talk and tag back into the Arecibo mission because i may mm-hmm. have been a bit obsessed this week mm-hmm. but before we do that i'm gonna read this week's mid-roll she's what Marley's- yeah she's, she's very gonna- she's very excited about this i'm kind of excited i don't ever get a script besides the one right from this is <laughs> As part of the Focus Fire Chat community, you might notice that we have an obsession with geek gear. The FFC team would like to offer you a chance to experience the rush of getting a goodie package for yourself by offering you 10% off any new subscription to Loot Crate. All you have to do is visit www.trylootcrate.com FFC and enter the promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. An added bonus is that the theme for October's Loot Crate Gaming Crate is Demon, with the featured franchises being Doom, Diablo, Dungeons and & Dragons, and Skyrim. Everyone knows how much Blue's a fan of Loot Crate to begin with, so having it also comes with D&D and Skyrim. I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer for him, because seriously, that man put way too many hours in that, and that may not be in but I'm telling you that man put way too many hours into Skyrim. Everyone, everyone's Just bragging saying. about. Oh, I, I'm, I'm bumping up against a thousand hours in Destiny. I'm like, I'm bumping up against four thousand in Skyrim. I don't know what you guys are talking oh, about. No. Mm-hmm. He was a little so obsessed. How many, how many books did you organize on the show? All of them. All of them. Okay. They are all freaking organized. The sad thing is, is like whenever you get a new book and you have to reorganize all the bookshelves. Oh God! Don't freaking remind me of it's like, that as bad when I have my own personal freaking Blu-ray collection. For God's sake! Oh yeah, RPG problems. Uh, have you guys seen the the diagram that shows like the the girlfriend going to the mall and it's like the path of the walking to shop for jeans and it's the guy going yeah, to the yeah. mall. It's the straight line, and then the, mm-hmm. right below it's the map guy playing skyrim going through a dungeon it's going through every single room and the girl playing skyrim <laughs> and it's a straight line to the boss that like, is so true I'm like it's that's so true. pretty accurate actually because i'm the one that i don't leave dungeons until they're fully mapped like uh-huh. there might be something here you never know might be uh, a stray coin somewhere exactly but well so you you feel feeling feeling good yeah. You, is that is that I want my mommy. I want my mommy. All right, let's talk about let's talk about <laughs> Destiny 2 War Mines. War Mine. Mm. War Mines? War Mine. Mm. We don't really know, right? That's kind questionable. of questionable. And I think that's Very. really that's really kind of the big debate that a lot of was a lot this week was is it plural? Is it not? Do we know? You know, like do can we say for certain um that it Rasputin is the only War Mine? Uh, to kind of take a step back and kind of go with 
the explanation of why we're talking about this. There are two adventures. So anyone who has finished Destiny 2's campaign and has unlocked these adventures and has played through most of them, big spoiler, there's not a lot of Warmind information yet. Mm-hmm. We're, we're getting a DLC, so I'm, I'm not really upset about this fact uh, because no. we're getting a DLC that is, I mean, just from what we've seen, pretty much all about war mines it, it's um, titled it's titled i mean it's it's in the title guys did it we really did we get is. a confirmation it's of there. that title i well okay it's the rasputin logo right no 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 i know but didn't the title get leaked supposedly i don't remember it was uh i don't know i want to say it was like war of the tyrant or something like yeah that. it was I, yeah. completely wrong I it's like it. with tyrant, I just, i'll be but... honest total total spinfoil moment right here for me though is I would absolutely die of happiness if the entire DLC is a fight between Charlemagne and Rasputin. I I think it would be more than that. Oh yeah, I mean like gr- soon. yeah, I mean but I mean I just because Rasputin's trying to take over all the assets and Charlemagne's yep. like no f off this is mine right like right. I oh my god I would the War of the Titans would just it would not be that it, I don't think it would be that epic but it would be up there. I would be so it, happy. It would be Tatanamaki all over again. Oh yeah, it would oh, be yeah. mm-hmm. incredible to sit down and look at. Well, and and to to the reason why I'm I'm excited about that is because we actually see Rasputin taking over assets, and mm-hmm. uh, from the grimoire again, grimoire yep. the, that thing that no one read. Um, there was a no. card, and I can't remember was it Ghost Fragment Rasputin. It was one of the Ghost Fragment Rasputins. But there is a scene where there's a hunter watching this fight between Cabal and Vex, and then Rasputin the third decides. One, I think. Yeah, I think that's that. That sounds right. But Rasputin decides to flex his muscles, <laughs> and he just obliterates everybody. And the and the hunter is sitting there, and it's like, uh, okay. And it basically the gross fragment card takes place pretty closely after the terrestrial array was reactivated so it's it's basically Rasputin reaching out and you know kind of doing exactly that flexing his muscles and getting a feel for what he he now has access to and the I think the hunter kind of makes a comment like what just happened is that a good thing is that a bad thing like what's going on here well I mean if history if our history has anything to say about it scary scary guy that you yeah. don't ever quite know if he's on your side or not. Well, he's on yeah, your side until he's not. Well, right. okay. So, uh, do you want to get into the history of the real rescue? Oh, no. no. I'm we'll going to say... We'll be let's... here forever. Uh-huh. What, what's that about focus fire? Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be very focused. <laughs> no. There's not, yeah, there's uh, not was... a whole lot of focus. No, I, I was also wrong. Uh, it is Ghost Fragment 2. Okay. Uh, okay. And it sounds like the uh, same kind of uh, perspective... As the uh, the hunt, I have it in my notes here about the uh, one hunter that had actually gone over uh, Draxus. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. The I think scout, it was the the, the hunter two grimoire, but yeah, right. The, yeah, the it seems Cade, to yeah. have this the same feeling to it. But anyway, and it takes place on Mars. Hmm. Hmm. Um. So that is to say that there are two adventures, like I mentioned, and one of them is. Arecibo, and then which we've kind of already talked about, and then Road Rage is the other one. Yeah. Uh, the inter the 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 brunt of the debate actually came from Road Rage. Sort in, of. I think that Arecibo has a 
Well, they, okay. No, I mean the debate about Rasputin being the only war mine. Mm-hmm. Like that. I, ro- well, because Road Rage is when Ikora basically says Rasputin is the only war mine. Right. And then, but then later, Asher actually kind of counteracts her and he starts talking about how war mines, like they start talking about um, the, uh, they talk about war mines plural, not war mind. Mm-hmm. And so, right, like, right. to me, to me, I don't know. And it could be something as simple as a goof, like a small goof, which is, I'm not, I'm not going to try to crucify someone for that. But, like, to me, that, that just seems like, Either, and this is what uh, I think Dragon and I were talking about earlier today, actually, in our Discord server, is, like, there's there's basically three options here, right? Either Ikora's lying, or Ikora is not aware of the full truth of the, what's actually happening, or we just, we just are, like, I mean, it's just we're completely misunderstanding or missing something. Um, it's possible. I think it's I think it's the second item. I mean, I I really think, again, going back bias, this is this is mm -hmm. information being given to us by someone in the world, not a narrator Mm -hmm. beard. I know Mm -hmm. you had. I, I, I completely agree with the second point, especially too when you start taking it from the factor of Asher being the one that is talking about it. What do we know about Asher? He is slowly being integrated into the Vex network. He's slowly starting to have these feelings, uh, as indicated by, uh, crap, what is it? The, I forget the item, but it was a report to Eris, uh, talking uh, about... The Jensen, Jensen Knight. Thank mm-hmm. you, the, the yeah. Jensen Knight. Uh, and he, uh, he talks to Eris about how, uh, he, he starts to feel these mm-hmm. things and, and this connection towards the Vex, and he, he starts to feel that this isn't necessarily right, and he starts to find that he's bleeding radiolaria, et cetera, et cetera. But he is slowly being integrated into this network. What else have the Vex come in contact with? Well, they came in contact with a war mind back on Venus. We know that mm-hmm. one to be true. And that, to me, says that they understand what a war mind feels like. And in that respect is something that they are also, too, trying to further understand with Rasputin. And I think, to me, another reason why he is trying to also lay low to not be involved or kind of, like, hindered by the Vex in some way. Even though we kind of see by the end of, uh, and I forget what the mission is now on Destiny 1, because that was so last year, uh, how everything kind of felt with uh, the Vex kind of giving worship to Rasputin on Mars. Mm-hmm. Um and there's this this odd playoff on on seeming a, a heavy connection between them. Um, so I'm I'm more attuned to say that I would believe Asher in this respect, but I don't think that he necessarily knows exactly why in that respect either. Yeah, and I think uh, Green, I, I was actually going to jump. I'm assuming you're going with the radio signal. Well, yeah. Like- so, yeah, sort of. Um, sort of about the radio. kind of just tying it together to Asher a little bit more right, because right, okay. in the Arecibo mission, the very opening of it, Ghost asks if Asher can hear the music on frequency J one eight six nine, which is if you take that as a year, that is the year that Rasputin was was born. If I'm correct, yes. if I remember correctly, that's the year he was born. The real Rasputin, not in game. Yes. Um, to further your concept of uh, Asher being too much Vex, 
I honestly think Asher can't hear it because he's having interference when he picks up on it and actually starts trying to listen to it. I think he gets disabled like the Vex do. Bingo. Thank the you. Vex yeah. are the <laughs> oh, sorry, that's, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah gonna, the Vex yeah. are the only ones that are disabled during that. You, there right. are other things outside at the time. There's Cabal outside during the second scan and they're not affected by it at all. But the Vex really do get affected by it. Um, the first time, it's literally they're just curious, so they start scanning it, and it scans them back. When you look into the darkness, does it stare back out at you? Hmm. And then the second one uh, is when you see them freeze quote. up. Yes. Yes, they freeze up. And the third one, it just that he, he starts freezing them together and just actually manipulating them slightly. So I think Asher is affected like the vex when it comes to the war mines i think asher actually couldn't if he did listen to it he got disabled because we never hear from him again that adventure even though we ask him to try to scan things right and the other thing to think about is well you know so even if he gets disabled you know some of the you could argue well wouldn't he remember it but remember what happens to ghost at the end Mm -hmm. ghost gets affected by it and ghost can't remember so it's and not that, just that it's not just that he's like taking control of them. He's actually like it's almost like he's possessing them. Oh, I think it's gosh, different. Just, I, I'm I think it's in trouble. I think it's different. I think it's when the Vex scanned the Warmind music. Like I said, that quote. There's a reason I brought that quote up. I think Rasputin scanned them back and was able to manipulate their code because he's incredibly intelligent and a megalomaniac because Rasputin same thing with Ghost. Ghost scanned it. Rasputin looked into Ghost. He now has blueprints, which he probably has had him for a while, of able to do with the Ghost as he will. Maybe not to the extent as he can with the Vex, but he has an access point. Sorry, oh God! I, no! no. Yeah. Yes! No. Yes! Yes! That's terrifying! That, right? So, That's so terrifying. for those for those on stream and in the podcast, what basically just happened in Blue's brain is I made a a stupid comment and that opened the rabbit hole, <laughs> and I'm like, what if the DLC actually is not Charlemagne and Rasputin, but it's Rasputin? So, okay, let me let me stop and take a step. Go back. back. Yep, let me take a step back. It's okay. Rasputin as okay, so a war mind, we we have whispers bat both kind of in the grimoire and also inside outside of the fourth wall in in the previous supposed previous story of Destiny that war minds um are actually capable of possessing exos and kind of mm-hmm. uh kind of putting a fragment of themselves in an exo. And the the assumption that I've always had is well that that makes sense because if they're going to be controlling these these legions of soldiers, they kind of need to be on the field to lead them. Um, okay, so take that, and what if Rasputin is literally trying to infect the Vex? The Vex are not, it's not the Vex. Well, and the Vex might be trying to infect him, but Rasputin is literally trying to achieve. And I really am going to get a lot of grief from Pens for saying this. But it's basically what the smart AI in Halo 5 did with the domain. 
they found eternal life inside of basically the cloud. And that basically what basically happened is that he's if he can infect the Vex mind and take over the Vex network, he has unlimited and infinite computing powers. So, yep, there goes Pence. Hi, Pence. I broke his desk again. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I, I just realized what if that's that's what Rasputin's endgame is is gaining enough power and the way that he can gain power is by taking over this giant computer network because of all the worlds that the Vex have ter- has basically transformed and stuff. Yeah. God, that's a terrifying thought. And here's one to tie up into a totally different topic. Siva. Yeah, well, and I mean, Siva, it's its own bundle of joy because it... Siva doesn't have sentience in and of itself. No, but, but it, if it controls... Vex get a hold of it, well, it, oh, if Vex get could a hold you, of it, yeah. yeah, could you imagine the Vex with Siva? No, that's terrifying to me. <laughs> like Owen no. aren't very no. intelligent, but Vex, well, and Vex, Vex think in programming. Vex think right. in programming, so. Well, and think of it in this regard on the on the state of Siva, because Siva acts on its own until otherwise giving a different command or directive. So the question is, would Siva end up having some kind of alternate or cl- uh, weird effect on the Vex because of that? Or would it be the opposite and it could effectively uh, handle or, or change how the um, how Siva can handle like on a dime? And all of a sudden Siva ends up taking on this uh, alternative uh, different methods in that respect. So yes, I I still think that Siva is going to hold a lot of possibilities for how the the Vex will end up interfacing with it all. But again, I think that still ties back to uh, something I was also talking about in chat with the uh, with the Vex and the Exos. Mm-hmm. And there's a really weird and interesting scan that if you and and this is the the stupid thing because I am an Exo. Uh, my, we know. We I know. personally am an NX. So no, my, um, <laughs> you're a robot. Confirmed. My, uh, Confirmed. We got him. Ah! We got him. We got him. Oh God. Um, no, my uh, my warlock is obviously an EXO. Uh, pretty much all my characters are. Uh, but if you go to this one conflux on Nessus out in the tangle, uh, it'll say, Ah, I think this conflux reacted to your EXO body, and then it burned out. Is there some connection between EXOs and the Vex? That dun, dun, dun. And mm-hmm. there's another one, though, that it states, and I would have to look it up again, but I believe it's on IO that allows for uh, some kind of interface between uh, the war minds. Yeah, and, it's one of the uh, it's or in, it's in one of the rooms with the music boxes, but it's yeah, you scan it out like if you scan it outside of the adventure, I think is the one that because that's the one that uh, I think there's a comment about, oh, Cade probably messed with it. Mm-hmm. Right. And it and it does state that we're it's modified for an exo to actually interface with it. So now all of a sudden exos start to have like this different this different aspect to them. Like what what exactly is going on with the and it feels like they're leading to something else. So, well, I mean, if you want to go into some of the style or the new lore style, that same conflux scanned mm-hmm. by an awoken hunter. Is different, yep. It's different, and it comes up, this conflict is specifically attuned to exo-programming, but why would the Vex have access to... Oh, it must be Cade. Cade. <laughs> it's Cade's Cade fault. Unit. The Cade unit? 
mm-hmm. Kate's fault. Yeah, like Chad's dumb and stuff. Her chain, her chain, and Chad it just kind of hit the nail on the head in my mind. Is he says I kind of prefer having the Vex in control of the greatest computational network. At least they're inefficient. Rasputin, though. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, yep. Uh, yes. Yes. So we started the debate tiny bit of whether or not Rasputin is the only right. Warmind or mm. one of the Warminds. Ready? Oh, man. You're, you're ready? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> I just, I, the, the problem with this one is that there really isn't, like... There's no yeah, there's, concrete there's, there's evidence no, no. either way. And I, it's I mean, feeling an interpretation like typical. Right. And I, I just, I mean, I go back to, I, I really think it's just probable that Rasputin, I mean, I, I can see it, it's, it's Here's just frustrating what I, because I can see both sides. I can see both right. sides. Of the yes. Yes. Here's what I kind of see, which is something that somebody brought up in chat earlier. It could happen this way. It could be Rasputin is trying to acquire all the other war minds. Mm-hmm. Considering that the war minds, we don't know that the other war minds were active still or even had any power whatsoever prior to Rasputin reconnecting to all of them. Mm-hmm. We don't know if they had any sort of capability of still being functional at that point. Mm-hmm. It is possible to say in my head as far as my head canon this is not in game whatsoever that the different war minds charlemagne and tell and all the different ones we have talked about are possibly functions of rasputin mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. rasputin himself but another rasputin in uh, wolf's clothing or sheep's clothing which is a terrifying thought also look rasputin. at you going all red versus blue I know that's what it is. That's I mean I kind of see that, and I don't think it's quite as far as red versus blue, right, where right, right. he's not self aware of the fact of what's going on. I think he knows exactly what's going on versus what happened in red versus blue. But right, but the question the question is actually I would be, say the more important question is the flip side of that: Are the fragments self aware of what's going on? That is a good question. Because, because that's where you run the risk is like, yeah, sure. Rasputin might know that he, if, if that's, if let's, let's just, you know, walk down that path a little bit. If that is the case and we're, we're looking at aspects of Rasputin that have been fragmented off, you know, I, I, I'm a halo person primarily. So, and everyone kind of knows that. So I think of a lot of AI stuff in terms, especially in video game AI, I compare it to halo. And this mm-hmm. is very similar to what you see a lot of the smart AI in the Halo universe do when they fragment themselves to basically take on additional tasks. It's 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 like um, oh god, Doctor Manhattan from mm-hmm. yeah. uh, Watchmen, right? You know he can replicate himself basically. Um, and so the question to me when I when I think of that situation or Multiple Man from Marvel, um, when I think of situations <laughs> like that, well, no, because Multiple Man actually is more accurate for this example that I'm about to say because it, it is because actually I'm surprised you brought man, that one up. Yeah, Multiple Man had this problem and it created a huge issue for a long time because what happened was he created all these copies of himself and then left them. And they actually mm-hmm. all went on to have completely unique individual lives. And then I think I, I'm trying to remember the arc, but then he started basically reacquiring them. Mm-hmm. And it was a huge issue. 
because some of them didn't want to be reacquired because basically right. like to be like I guess the way they explained it is when they reacquire he didn't die but they quote unquote ceased to ex- like they they still were there but they weren't there like their their mm-hmm. uniqueness got got assumed into the prime multiple man and a lot of them had a problem with that they they were they were completely unique individuals at that at that point and so you know that's that's where i'm coming from is like okay that's great rasputin might know that you know you could argue that these are different fragments of rasputin but if that's the case what what do those fragments think do they know that they're fragments and if they do know they're fragments it's been so long that you know, again, even if they know that they're fragments of Rasputin, let's say Charlemagne is a, a subset of Rasputin, he's been on his own. If he's been aware, he's been on his own for at least five hundred years. You know, mm-hmm. given what we learned from Rise of Iron, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure he's probably moved beyond playing solitaire, waiting for Rasputin to find him. You know, like it, it, he's had to take care of himself or itself for a while. And so, well, okay, oh, go, go for it. Go for it. Well, I mean, here's a question that goes into that. If if he's been self-aware this whole entire time, what kind of interaction do you think they would have had when Rasputin reconnected to them? Because if Rasputin is the prime, but but that's and what he I'm saying. Reconnects, like, I know that's what I. But like, I mean, you but think what I'm you would have seen like, revolt of some sort if it's which, self-aware which we might be i mean it's i'm just saying it's possible that that might be what we see in the dlc is that you know i don't i don't know exactly what is going on we well we aren't on mars we don't have access to mars mm-hmm. in destiny 2 i'm hoping that we I'm, I'm hoping i'm hoping we get to go to the polar cap but um you know when we go back to mars there could be a revolt going on on Mars between the two war minds. It could be a, a literal battle of the minds between Rasputin and his, the the asset that is on Mars. Because mm-hmm. yeah, sure, even if the the asset recognizes that Rasputin is the prime, you know, the tyrant, whatever you want to call him, um, right? That doesn't mean that they're going to just lie down and let him take him. But at this point, they kind of are. I mean, if you look at Arecibo itself, if we assume technically the one in charge with the only evidence being the year of Rasputin being born being the name of the channel and the Sixth Symphony being a reference back to Destiny 1, the concept that Rasputin is the one opening the JYS or the JUS or however you pronounce the word name that that warmind bunker if rasputin's the one opening it wouldn't you think that charlemagne or whoever is on io I, I, is it charlemagne that's on io i no, can't no, it's charlemagne supposedly on mars but right but Mark, like, it's not martel we don't know who's well on- yeah we don't know the name we know that the core was martel which is what led mm-hmm. a lot of people to connect to charlemagne right um, and so and that's on Mars, and that and that that begs the question too of what the reaches of these individual mm-hmm. assets. Like you know, okay, Rasputin is on Earth, right? Well, we know that he can now achieve inner solar system distances because of the terrestrial array. But what is that? I mean, like the thing the thing ultimately comes down to is what does that actually mean? 
Mm-hmm. Like what what does that mean? Does that mean that he actually is that, you know, it's just it's it's like is it like Ultron where he can just kind of transfer through the network and be wherever he wants to be or is it, you know, what exactly is going on there? And or is it something to the point where he has control of where they can go? So for instance, right, right. he's he the hub. Them. He routes them. Yes. Yeah. Or does he route them at all? Does he basically communicate with the one on uh, Venus and basically say, no, it's you and me and that's it. Oh God. Rasputin playing politics. Right. Something of that notion to basically like keep them all Rasputin separated no and whatnot. Of politics. There's no, no, there's no, there's no, there's no inkling. <laughs> it's just it's just playing games yeah yeah rasputin's never done that in reality like he Mm. he totally wasn't that type of person Mm -mm. oh my god and that uh it it does kind of play back to the quote that uh i feel is the is the only quote that really ties back to rasputin and that is the last one never ask for anything uh, never for anything, and especially from those who are stronger than you. They'll make the offer themselves and give everything themselves. Right. And in that respect, it kind of ties back to me, uh, at least, again, to me, that he is uh, basically controlling the the additional war mines the way that they are or, yes. or playing back. But it's, yes. the, it's the only one that has his music at least i feel that it's his music was, uh, while the others don't necessarily fit that bill they all come from different regions they all come from different areas and the only other one that i think could really kind of play back to like um what what we could say for like charlemagne for instance i would say that that ties back to like handle yes uh, and it, well and that's and, actually what i was going to say is like i kind of i'm i'm kind of seeing it in line with what you're saying right there is i saw that last piece as rasputin yep. kind of slapping the hand of the war mind yes. who we were interacting with and being like no this is mine and yes. then he erases ghost memory because he's like this guardian is mine because if you remember like going back again to the sleeper cell or God, mm-hmm. sleep, sleeper simulate. God, I keep calling it a sleeper <laughs> cell, sleeper simulate. Um, going back to that, that was that was a specific weapon that Rasputin authorized to be built for our guardian because basically yes. Rasputin recognized that he couldn't defend himself fully, um, and then he he also recognized that our guardian was for whatever reason he deemed us trust like quote air quotes big air quotes here trustworthy. Um, trustworthy enough to carry around about, I think, I think it was like 10% or 12% of himself. Like, that's the mm-hmm. thing that I keep going back to Rasputin. And this is all for guardians who were in D- destiny one, but Rasputin has marked our guardian. He has that he, he kind of has claimed us as a personal property of his. And if you remember, and, and I know you guys do. I'm talking to people listening. If you remember the ghost fragment where he's talking to the stranger, his his initial ver- his initial words to her are, "You are not mine. I don't recognize you." Like he views like the the war mine Rasputin views things in ownership terms. I think, and that's why I see that last piece is just oh God, Green. <laughs> Oh my God. You just said ownership Sorry, and like you know marking territory. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I just I just got a picture of Robin Williams' skit 
about mm, <laughs> uh-huh. mine. Yeah, there you go. Mine. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I mean, I kind of get that as being the reason why Ghost actually gets his memory wiped is because it's Rasputin being like, "No, you're you're my property, and I didn't authorize this, and so we're just going to pretend like it didn't happen." Well, and in that respect, that ties back to how much of of Ghost realistically ties back to us. Like our right, our minds right. obviously didn't get wiped in that regard, so we still know what is it what it is that's going on. And since we're just mute, I guess Rasputin doesn't really care. Um, right. But Wait, for God, I, love, I love that the <laughs> quote that explained Ghost. Like you don't talk much. Are you sure you're okay upstairs? Like <laughs> oh God, yes, love it. Um. But it, it it ties back to this idea, like how w- why is it that we couldn't end up like telling Ghost, well, this is what happened? Is it just a matter that he's going to be like, no, we weren't doing that. It's totally okay because we're still he's still waking up and coming back from it. He's able to see these pods that have uh, the War Mines logo like plastered all over them. Like, what are we doing inside of the War Mine bunker on Io? Like, what's going on here, Guardian? What? Why are we here? Well, the um. Other- I mean, the other thing that makes me think that there are subsets there is the fact that logo is on all bunkers. Right. There's not a logo for Martel or Charlemagne necessarily. Mm-mm. It's all Rasputin. We just have these other names that are in there that we know them as. Well, and that's yeah. the thing with the with the logo itself, because there's one for, I guess, quote unquote, Rasputin. And then there is just the the standard uh diamond good grief diamond shape that you could say that is called just a, a war mind logo i because yeah, uh, or at least I, i've always yeah. thought of it that way i should say yeah. justin and i have always looked at it as rasputin's has wings and because he yes. has the Ser- he has the seraphim vault and mm-hmm. then the rest of the war minds just have the diamonds so cause, i mean rasputin's yeah. also the first among equals so he is a war right. mind but he is in possession of the seraphim vault which is on Earth in the Cosmodrome, and I, if I'm remembering, I don't, I can't remember if it's actually in game, but it's Seraphim Vault has always been explained as kind of like the the seed of the War Minds, like it, it's right. kind of where they were created, the Seven Seraphs, and you know all those stories of those figures. That's that's pretty well on. I I had somebody yes. say oh, yes. that the and pins just pointed out on Anomaly. That's where those two logos are also right the winged one and the not winged one yeah yeah mm-hmm. and then also i think oh gosh i'm gonna have to go look real quick i think martell's core might have the wings actually now that i'm thinking about it i would have to go back and say, back open and, and i have to actually look at uh the image that is up for the uh yes martell's does have the winged one but it's half of the wing half one. right isn't it just like half right yeah, it's just half of the image, uh, which which could say that Rasputin might be the parent, which doesn't make any sense. But anyway, that's another speculation. Well, another but I mean, but that goes uh, back to Green's comment, right? If Rasputin yep. is the prime, if 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 it's actually all one war mind and they're just different assets and just different aspects of the same war mind, then then Rasputin would be the parent. Well, te- if Rasputin is the sword, if he's and Martell is the hammer. What is Charlemagne? I mean, Char- Charlemagne has the sword, right? The yeah, joy- Charlemagne. Charlemagne is Joyous. Yeah, and that and Rasputin that's... has what the poison because that that would totally make sense. <laughs> that would totally make uh, sense. Would make, <laughs> it actually makes sense. 
Uh, and to confirm no, Rasput- on the... Rasputin's the fire, because he burns people's houses down. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Bam! That's not, That's not proven. That's not proven. That's not proven. That's not proven. Uh, Disney made that movie, okay? I'm pretty that sure. Does there, not we mean there we go. There we go. That Bartok is our, evil. Uh, our, uh, our quota is filled. There's your Disney quote for today. <laughs> yes. I didn't even make it. That was blue. That was not me. That was all blue. Mm-hmm. There, be proud of me. Be proud of me. <laughs> I am proud. And I, technically, I that's not Disney. Was it not? No. <laughs> Sorry. I should note. The uh, on the expansion pass and the expansions, it is if we're going by this logic, Rasputin's war, uh, logo, then yes, because mm-hmm. it, it is the winged stuff. But yes. I don't know if we've seen anything that's not winged in Destiny 2. Not not yet. Yeah, I I would probably say so. I I haven't seen anything, even on like boxes or anything like that. But with only realistically having like one room to look at so far, that doesn't help too much. And we we still don't necessarily know like who was on IO if it was just a connective bunker for uh for Rasputin or if it is for another war mine entirely. Because IO was a very 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 important moon. Especially mm-hmm. with it being around uh, around Jupiter, uh, simply with the fact that Jupiter, at least to our knowledge, can't be inhabited. Like you can't go onto the surface of the thing at all, or you're dust. Uh, but the that was the last place that the traveler touched, as right. we as we know from the background it's... of it all. And it's it's also the last place that uh, Ikora constantly goes back to for meditation and so on. So it has extensive and immediate proof of like why it is so just just so important to the world of of destiny in particular but to the that system of the jovian moons uh but it's just you you don't know exactly what else is underneath because if the cabal had to go ahead and drill to get there it offers up plenty of other questions here's my question Weren't the Warsats, I mean, the Warsats were established prior to the collapse. Mm-hmm. The Io yes. was there. We know that people were on Io after the Traveler went there because they wanted to study the Traveler. Mm-hmm. And it was the last place that the Traveler touched. Mm-hmm. That means we developed the bunker there fairly quickly. No, I mean, we don't know how long the, we don't because... know how long the Traveler was there. Well, no, well no, we no. also don't know if How the, the Golden the... Age existed, right? Because right. the, the yeah. war mines were created during the Golden Age. Right. So your bunker wouldn't have been created while the Traveler was on I. Well, okay, this goes back to another whole debate. But <clears throat> arguably, the Traveler wouldn't have necessarily still been on IO when the bunker was built, it, but it would have been during but, the Golden Age. But there's no other Golden tra- Age civilization on IO. The only other installations we have that we've seen that we've been to is the Cabal installation. I would just there's I would emphasize though that so Io is a sacred space at this point. Mm-hmm. Um and I mean think think about it in a pseudo religious context though, you you might not necessarily build a massive sprawling complex on a sacred space. You might want to leave it as the quote unquote, and I I really hesitate to even say this next part because it's going to probably be misunderstood, but you want to leave it as close to as when the deity touched it in order to retain the sacredness. 
not that the traveler was viewed as a deity, but because it became to be kind of a pilgrimage area, they might not. And we also, again, this kind of goes back to the fact we don't know how long it's been since the Golden Age. It could have right. been a sprawling metropolis. I mean, look at look at some of the areas in like the Cosmodrome and stuff like that from back in the way. We have rust, we have wreckage, and we have all this stuff. But mm. you know, it it's very overgrown. It's very overgrown. Um, so, and then also we have scavengers going all ham on everything. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's not to say that before the IO, before we started going back to IO, it didn't get picked clean by Fallen or somebody. The, There's the no Fallen on IO, is there? That we know of, I, I guess you could say. At this run, point. I don't think we run into yeah. But again, I would also point kind of what Beard is kind of saying too, is we only get access to the area that we get access to. Mm-hmm. So there could be another, I mean, I, I can't remember, Io is not, like, it's not immense, but it is a pretty good size moon. Um, and Very so, like, jungle. right, but I mean, what I'm saying is, like, you know, picture it as, like, Venus, right? If we had just landed yeah. on uh, the cliffs of Venus, there's no really architecture there. But then you go over to where the Ishtar Academy was, and that's where the kind of the, the, the complex is. Right. Um, and so it, to me, to me, I'm just saying, I, I don't see that as being necessarily set in stone. If that, yeah, if it you... doesn't break anything. It's just one of those thoughts like, right. No, no, no. Why no, haven't yeah. we. Yeah. yeah but, to give you um, an idea, uh, IO is uh, what is listed online through NASA, 0.28 Earths wide. Uh, so to give you an idea, at least in terms of its so size, it's, a, it's still a fairly it's a, a it's a it's size. a large moon, definitely. So it's about and a, granted you're talking 0.28, so about a quarter. 0.28, okay. yeah, a little over a quarter. Um, it, it's definitely not a small moon, and we don't necessarily know like what was going on underneath it, and. To, to necessarily call back to the point, yes, it's a, it's sacred to the warlocks. It is sacred uh, to probably a good majority of people even before that, especially with just the looking at the structure of Echo Mesa, the way that it is, and mm-hmm. then also looking at the uh, symbols that are on the uh, on the ground actually by Echo Mesa. Uh, I think that there is definitely a lot of symbolism that was placed there even for... Uh, them in the golden age or it's something that was just like hurriedly happening uh when the collapse came about or when the darkness came about whatever you want to say on that end but i would call titan into question on that one and some of the stuff that actually gets proven with the uh arcology um i feel like this is slightly off off base in a way but the uh for for how everything would have been developed and and whatnot, uh, Titan actually talks about bringing the Traveler in to finish the uh, terraforming that was happening on it. And with Io, we don't necessarily know if anybody else was there prior to cause some kind of uh, habitable space to be formed. Uh, because we oh, were yeah. dabbling in terraforming right. uh, business, and I forget the, yeah. the group that uh, does it. That's but, uh, yeah. Lost Pacific. No, 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 not Lost. Uh, it's. Uh, I mean, the, the uh, Exodus Black. Was the, the, Exodus Black. Yeah. yeah. 
That was the whole mm-hmm. point, though, of Titan, those... of us oh, trying to terraform yeah, yeah. versus the Traveler. Like, right. us learning how to do our own terraforming. Wasn't Lost Pacific right. the ones that snuck over to try to get ahead of the Traveler or something? Something. I don't, I don't think they snuck over. I think they were literally no, there was one that trying I, to terraform. Beard, I know what Beard's talking there's about. A... There's one that's there's a quote that they're like, we're going to compete with the Traveler, and they had to trick right. Clovis Bray yes. into doing stuff. But there's, but there's like the Scannable that talks about them making pineapples and mm-hmm. all these other fruits, uh, kiwi kiwi. The fact that Ghost doesn't like the idea of pineapple because that doesn't sound like a fruit. <laughs> I agree. Um, yeah, that still bit my brother and I laugh so hard over that scandal. Uh-huh. How many how many times does Ghost? I know this is a complete tangent, but how many times does Ghost need to go ahead and like reference food and him eating? He's it? like really hungry. Hungry. that comes up so he is often. Really hungry. It reminds me a lot of the <laughs> well, and it's Nolan North, so of course him. it does. But it reminds really? me a lot of the the uh, turrets. Mm-hmm. From portal. Yeah, it's but, like, are you still there? <laughs> My point, though, is the the whole fact that a lot of what goes on in Titan is them trying to terraform on their own, and you see a lot of them trying to do that, and it doesn't mm-hmm. work out. I don't, I don't remember. Well, what... and arguably, though, well, that's because of the anomaly, and we don't know right. what caused yeah. the anomaly there. But um, to go back to Iowa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry. I'll shut up. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you would like to see that video, I know a channel that could. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you. there's a channel that we could convince to do a video on that. Uh, <laughs> but to go to go back to IO real quick, you know, I kind of mm. always, whenever they started explaining IO as this like sacred spot, I'll be honest, I always kind of connected it to Mecca. Right. Right. I mean, you know, like I, I just see that connection there, and and that's kind of like the they they were explaining like the pilgrimage. You have the groves of the different warlocks, because um, I know you have the grove of Ulantan. Uh, mm-hmm. We know we know that Albios, or as Cade calls him, Al, was buried mm-hmm. there. Um, you know, it doesn't make any sense. Right, Albios was a do. hunter. It doesn't. No, Al- no, Albios was, was a warlock. Albios was, was the warlock. Yeah, the five lives of Albios. Albios. He was the, he was the one yeah. that vanished on Venus. So I'm not really sure how he they was, buried him, but whatever. Yep. Cade was, he was best the Ahamkara uh, touched one or something. Yeah. I think it, that was the the main he, idea. But yeah, anyway, he found the Ahamkara, but it was too late. Um, yeah. But yeah, so like we know that we know that Io is very sacred to the warlocks, and it almost to the point where I'd I'd say it. It's basically the equivalent of the way the Titans viewed the wall is mm-hmm. Io is their sacred space. Um, the wall is kind of the Titans sacred space. You know, we learned in Destiny 1 that Titans are buried at the wall. Well, mm-hmm. Destiny 2, we find that warlocks are kind of buried on Io, or at least there's memorials yep. to those warlocks on Io. Yeah. Um, and so to to kind of go back though that's kind of where i see it I, I i just have always kind of connected it in my head to like a mecca or not a mecca but mecca the you know the the area in i think it's is it saudi arabia um i'm terrible i'm terrible with geography don't 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 yell me at me too um but <laughs> the the connection there that i was trying or the original connection i was going to go back to with arcibio is the argument that I have that it's a different war mind is actually because of the way that the vault is determined. 
like or the designation mm-hmm. of the vault. Um, the vaults in everything that we've seen so far have all been vault R A or R R S P N. Um, or no R A S R A S two. Uh, we have the Seraphim Vault, which is underneath R A S two. Um, and that is all connected to what's identified as AI-com slash RSPN, which is basically Rasputin's designation within the AI network of, yes, yeah, Beard just put that up there. That's where that entire thing came from, is that screenshot. Yeah. Because uh, it's a, is that the concept art of IO? It looks like concept art because yeah, it's basically beautiful. Beard, just, Beard put a picture into our chat that is the con. It's it's a concept piece of IO, okay. yeah. in which it's basically a, a natural basin, which it looks like it's a landing part. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you if you know the history of Mecca, this is actually kind of connected in there because I'm really interested if there's a stick in the middle of that entire dome, because if there is, it's kind of on the nose for Mecca. Uh, because Mecca is supposedly where the the stick or the the rock that is hovering is sitting on the stick in the middle. I think if I'm if I'm I'm hoping I'm remembering that right from history. If I'm not, I you're, apologize you're, to everyone. <laughs> no, because, you're 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 right on but, the nose for that one. Okay, but but that's why I'm like I saw that that concept picture and I the immediate thought that I had was oh this is like a Mecca this is like Mecca. This is the holy yep. place. This is where the traveler came to literally came to rest. And yeah. and then that's kind of, you know, brought on and on and on by Ikora and all that stuff. I um, think that place was built after the traveler landed there. Well, so was Mecca. Mecca right. I yeah. mean, the, the story the of Mecca like was that it was pad. I think it's after that whole cuz it's a it's a crater. Right. The image right, that we're right. looking at is a crater. And if you remember the imagery on Mars the traveler is kind of in a crater like area there too mm-hmm, in right. Destiny One. So I mean it may be just a memorial to the traveler being there after the traveler left. I mean right. I don't which know is, if it got built also, up. Which is also entirely possible. I mean, I, I guess yeah. that mm-hmm. I was just saying that's that's where my brain kind of went when I saw that concept art is is Mecca. Like that's where I kind of But anyways, um to kind of if you back. almost um, no, go, go for it, go for it. If you almost look at it, it it almost seems like the buildings itself, especially the back rise, seems to. And I, I know this is great talking about imagery on a on a on voice a show. Yeah, uh, yeah, really. <laughs> but the uh, the buildings themselves would always have uh, seem like they would be about crater high or a little bit uh, below. Mm-hmm. So it would almost allow the traveler to kind of sit there. And still be visible completely, even above the crater. So I almost wonder if that wasn't like thought of in mind. A pedestal, a pedestal, yeah, like for, a, a pedestal for which, being able for to like which put it. a hovering rock would sit on. Yeah, go yeah. figure. You know, that. I mean, like, and I, I'm sorry, imagery. but that's what that's exactly. I mean, that's what I'm saying is that's the image yeah. that keeps coming into my brain. Is well, this, well, you weren't alone when you're when you start saying that. Like, I immediately. They thought that it was some kind of like holy city that I was looking at. Like right. even from before they started talking about it, that is exactly the thing I, th- I thought of. But also think of if you look at the imagery on this, and again, we're talking about an image on the cast. <laughs> um, I think we got to put the link in there yeah, for us. I'm going to put the link. I'll put the link in the um, live stream. And then also I will include this in the show notes as well. 
Yeah. I mean, I, if you're going to talk about it as being a city, it could be another version of the last city. The last city popped up underneath the traveler because mm. it was a safe place for people True. to go. And they, mm-hmm. they had the protection or they thought the protection there. The other thing, if you look in this in the background behind the, the main mass, there's a series of spikes Mm-hmm. Off in the distance, and there's also these ruts, which reminds me a little bit of corn. Those corn, what is it called? Gosh, crop circles, kind of crop yes. circle, but I don't think necessarily it is that. I mean, it could be. Well, this these these crop circles everywhere. These circles also <laughs> appear. I'm going to say that, that that's the Traveler's logo. I guess that explains everything over the last how many years of alien life. Mm-hmm. Um. But these Little circles did you know. have also. St- yes, yes. Roswell, no traveler. Well, anyway. Yeah. Um. But these circles have also started to kind of pop up in a lot of different uh, concept art as well, and that's something that I think is kind of interesting. Uh, we we even see it in some of the newer things that people have been kind of relating back to. Um, what's that useless warlock's uh, helmet's name? The, what? the sins of whatever. I I can't remember it now. Useless warlock. The useless warlock's I helmet. I, I didn't say okay. it. I said helmet. Helmet. Okay, helmet. <laughs> useless warlock crickets. helmet. <laughs> yeah. Quote. Yeah. Quote. <laughs> at... um, I can't uh, think of From D1, Necris or something? No, Nezarek Sin. I'm sorry. Oh, God, that Uh, one. Before I end up getting into a full Uh, tangent here. But but we've we've seen some of these other concept circles that seem to exist, so it does kind of play into this idea that maybe they've they've existed elsewhere. How does this tie into Warminds again? Um, Well, I was going to use a segue with the Holy Sword. Yeah. Okay, so anyways, back back to where I was going to go. (laughs) <laughs> look forward to the io episode hey, when we dig into this yeah, again yeah we will uh, Jiminy I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to that episode because yeah. obviously there's some stuff we need to talk about but um i along. was gonna say the uh the connection that i was making with the warmind bunker and the arcebo being a different different aspect warmind whatever you want to call it is that that acronym is completely different from all the the vaults of rasputin that we've seen so far um, because right in, in, in that is because the vault on IO is JYS two, it's not RAS two. And so a lot of people have kind of, and I, and I, I, I saw this and I was like, Oh, thank God. I am not the only one who kind of made this crazy connection. Um, joy use is the sword, the personal sword of Charlemagne. Um, and so, if you kind of do the the hip thing and take all the vowels out of Joyus, you end up with JYS. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it, 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 okay, speculation. Like it's 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 slightly possible, but it's I mean it's that that piece alone. If that was all that we had for Charlemagne, I think this would this wouldn't even I probably wouldn't even be talking about it. But that in conjunction, and then also with Martell, with the little tidbit that we we did hear from you know before the I mean again before the game was even out, so is the, the debate whether or not that's canon in the game um, is is a viable is a viable argument. I, I just think there's there's a few little pieces out there that are just enough to kind of enter the argument that this could be Charlemagne's vault into the realm of possible. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think it. I think it's much more probable, Green, that you're 
you're more on the the nose than we are that if anything this is an aspect of Rasputin but then I go back to also the the idea of kind of what Beard and I were talking about earlier about the different music components and how mm-hmm. of all the music components the only one that was really strongly semi semi tied back to Rasputin was the last one in which he kind of retconned ghost memory of the entire thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and again well, if you kind of see Rasputin as this territorial dictator that kind of makes sense like you know he's kind of like no you're not doing this this is mine um well and to slightly interject on that point as well before we get too far from it it's funny how green had also mentioned uh to how the three of them kind of overlay each other mm-hmm. or at least the two overlay the handle piece but the only one the only one that doesn't fit into it is that final piece the tchaikovsky and that's the the one thing that i think kind of stands out to me as being the the weird part because it would be aspects of the whole or it could end up being that these are three others kind of working against the Rasputin. the tyrant like almost that's almost the... like almost like it's an argument that's going on with yeah, music really I don't, I, I I don't I mean okay I don't, I don't necessarily I, I don't buy that necessarily okay just because the first one when we stumble and you're talking about the music boxes right being an argument right. mm-hmm. okay so well, the first being one different when we stumble aspects, it, being different aspects different right yeah but the first one is in the wild when we find it like we just kind of happen and it, granted, if you take out the idea of us activating the the adventure, we find that one because we stumble across the channel, which could be something that he puts out there, like pushes out there. But the first music box has been there a while. We know that because the second one was updated recently. That is a line from the mission that the second music box yeah. has recently been updated, like very recently as in like right after we scanned the first one yeah because it was like he updated the message mm -hmm. because the message is going specifically to us the only thing i could call out about like the appearance and where they are and take it for what it may be it could just be game mechanics but the idea that they disappear after we're done scanning them Mm -hmm. it makes me wonder if they just kind of jump around in different locations um and it could just be something like accessing a hard drive. How often do you access the same files? Sometimes right. it could be several years afterward. It could be a, a hundred years. It could. We, we don't necessarily know even how Warminds end up storing a lot of their information either. It could be on. I doubt it's on magnetic tapes. At least for God's sake. But oh, it, it's, <laughs> it, it's possibly. <laughs> it, it's possibly on and and just to play back to a little bit of something. But Hitachi has been working on this. Uh, it's not sapphire glass. I forget the exact name for it, but they, they've been oh, yeah, working on yeah, a glass that can actually yeah. like store information for mm-hmm. what they are expecting about three million years. So there are ways and other other types of uh, plays that they could uh, utilize for this. But long story short, before I get too sidetracked on my own self here, thinking about AI as heavy as I have been the last few days, uh, the biggest thing to me is that they just seem to disappear after we're done scanning them and it makes me wonder if they're able to to maneuver them around or how much power rasputin has if it is just rasputin to move them 
or if they are also connected to time, because I'm also trying to figure out about the the floaty, flittery uh, red that kind of goes around yes. them too when they're opened mm-hmm. up. And it's almost that opens... as if Rasputin has a bit of transmat capability as well as either X building interference uh, capability. But you it's know, almost I'm just like, gonna... it's either almost like he's infected part table. of the network. It's it's almost like he talked to the stranger at some point and asked, mm-hmm. "Can you teach me how to time travel?" What? That never happened. What? No one taught him how to step. Ladies and gentlemen, no. put on your tinfoil hat. That was that was a comment <gasps> that Baxter made earlier today. Mm-hmm. Teach me I how know. to step. Was it? Teach me how to That's step. Amazing. I, like, I called him. I called him out on that. I was like, I see what you mm-hmm. did there. I applaud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man. God, I love that card. That's another great card. Anyway, sorry. Well, that and that no. that was the card also that you see Rasputin as a territorial because that's yeah that's when he when he opens up, he's like, "You're not one of mine." Like I know my I well, know you're who who are you? You aren't you you are like one of mine, but you see not. that style of of uh, writing with Rasputin in two cards. You you see uh, you see it with this one, and then you also see when he's talking about. Uh, the gardener and everything of that notion too. Like those are the two times that it almost oh, seems yeah. like we get a glimpse into uh, Rasputin's head. I know that's a a legends. I think that's a legends card. That's not a Rasputin card, mm-hmm. but uh, it, yes, it, the yeah. the inference uh, back with like some of the wording that is used just kind of to me says that it is another Rasputin card of some kind. It's got um, that. Anyway. It's got that um, megalomatic. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, oh god, what am I? What was I going for? I just blanked on the word that I was going to use. <laughs> it's not. It's not aggression, but it's like arrogance. It's got like yeah. that. That slight. It's not. It's not like overt arrogance, but it's got like that. It. It feels like a like a a subtle arrogance. Like I don't. I don't know how to. I don't really know how to explain it. But read the card, and I think you'll, narcissism. You'll get... But it's not narcissism, really. Like yeah, it, it's it is, but it's. It's like confidence, like you know, like how mm-hmm. you have like a really confident individual. It can right, come across as narcissism. The only or difference arrogance. between narcissi- the only difference between narcissism and arrogance is the perspective of the person. Fair. Uh, mm. I I know. I see where. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. About it. yeah. I. I, got, I, 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 I I guess I've always assumed again I see both sides. And arrogance as the like as on the same side of the coin, whereas mm-hmm. confidence I kind of see as similar but different because it's not necessarily a I, I, narcissism and arrogance I I kind of view as a negative trait, whereas confidence well, and, is the same but not it can be. It's all based on perspective though. Like right, in your perspective, true. you could be confident, but in another perspective, you can be a complete and utter narcissist. You don't you but, don't know. It's just based on perspective. But, but if you read that's the etymology, mm-hmm. sorry, words. <laughs> if you if you read over between those those couple cards that we just brought up, though, there's there is that line that he either that he does teeter on. Mm-hmm. There is the to me there is that aspect of confidence, but yes, there is that air of well, I am this important, so you need to go ahead and help me. But I am doing it because I need to do this in order to save a civilization or at least save myself because I am the last of a thing. Right. And there's there's I this, was, this need projected behind it. 
Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's uh, <laughs> more scary. That's what, that's what I think also kind of ties back to even the quotes as well. And mm-hmm. this is something that we unfortunately can't really uh, say unless we have like, if you listen to the way that uh, Ghost delivers those quotes, when I start to sit down and read over those couple Grimoire cards that we just mentioned with the Legends one and uh, is it Rasputin? Rasputin 4. Uh, and then you listen to how Ghost phrases it and talks it back to you. I have read those cards in the exact same mannerism. Mm-hmm. So that, to me, kind of says that there's this like, – there, there's this sentence structure, and I should probably just bring it up and be done with it, but there's a sex, uh, sentence structure where it just kind of has like these run-on sentences that you think should have ended five words previous, but it just keeps going and going and going and rambling just about as much as I do. And it just constantly uh, manages that it's it's still in control, but it has this sense of it still needs to know what it needs to do. And that's what I even get with these phrases that are sitting here and why, again, to me, it doesn't necessarily tie back that it is just Rasputin uh, that is that is kind of talking within these. Like all of them seem like they're trying to find their voice and they do it through these different means and they do it through these different quotations that have been pre-Golden Age. And that's why for you know, the music being an identifier between them all and how each of them are, are separate, but different. Each of them come from different areas, but are different, but run on the same idea of, um, pentatonic scales. And then you end up listening to handle and you end up listening to, uh, which arguably you could say uses, uh, quite a few pentatonics, even in his, uh, in his writing in a, in a different mannerism, all the same, but then you listen to Tchaikovsky and he doesn't follow that. Well, no, he's much, much later in the music history. Right. And that's where rule. this that's where this disconnect happens. And that's also where this disconnect happens in terms of the quotations. The only one that doesn't follow the thought that I've had on it is the uh, Octavia Butler uh, quotation. Because mm-hmm. initially I started thinking that it was all in this line. It was because we started with uh, the tale of Genji as the first one. And then it continued to kind of branch up and move forward from there. Uh, and then the Octavia Butler one just throws that whole idea almost out of the, like, completely away. Is the but Octavia still... Butler a warning? Yeah. It, yeah. That's that's what I'm, like, trying to figure. And that's where it's it's almost like it... these others are... Is it, a warn- is it a warning for us or a warning for the person speaking? Yes. Right. But I mean, I mean, is it because to be to to kind of go back to what you're saying about the conversation in green? I know you you don't you don't like that idea, but what if it's not an argument? What if it's a person talking to himself? Mm-hmm. What if it's an argument with? OK, so I'm married my wife loves arguing with herself. I'll just be honest. It's kind of scary sometimes. Um, as I'm sure most people who are married to the, the, the better gender know this. Um, but I've heard, like I've, I've heard her do this, like where she will argue with herself. And in order to kind of come to a, I don't understand it. It it's beyond me. I've heard me. Anna do this. I've I don't understand it at all. It's like I don't know what you're 
okay. But I like, I mean, that's now that you kind of you were talking, I kind of was thinking like, what if this is a what if this is a a argument within the same entity? Mm-hmm. And it's you know kind well, of like it's like um, your first quote right is you know real things in darkness blah blah blah, and then you get to the second quote, which is where you get the the Octavia Butler quote, which is kind of a warning against you know against the dreams and then you go to the third piece which is once war has been undertaken which is basically you know they're like well the war started we can't really you know do and then final that final jarring piece is the you know that that one never ask for anything never for anything um you know what if that's a conversation not necessarily from different pieces or if it is a different piece it's a conversation from a re-emerging sense of self which ties back mm-hmm. into the idea that Rasputin could be the name associated to the war mind, but the war, which actually is even more terrifying if it's possible than having just Rasputin, because if Rasputin is the war mind, which means that it's more than the Rasputin that we know of in destiny so far, I, I I'm done. Yeah. Like I think in chat, in chat, Black Flag actually kind of put it really good. He's like, Rasputin's the one thing I don't want to fight. Like, give me dragons, give me, hang on, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff. And uh, hang on. Uh, wish dragon, sure. Tie Emperor Raven, bring it. The true darkness, I'm waiting. But Rasputin is truly a frightening player in the game. It's like it just, yeah. Like you want to know something nails I it. noticed tonight about these? Hmm. They're very very feminine aspects in all three of those. Mm-hmm. Whether it's via quote or the music itself. that yep. It ties back to a strong woman or a strong writing woman or just well, it I think ties back the, to... Uh, all the story, all the quotes deal with I, are from uh, female perspective or stories that deal with females. Like, right. Because right? the only one that I'm not 100% I, on is... Master and Margarita. Games. Well, Master no, it it totally it's, is. That's totally ten, about yeah, yeah. Um, but for uh, the tale of Genji, it's basically almost about it, respecting women like heavily. Okay, because it was written by a woman, right? Wasn't it, it written by a noble woman, or, a, mm-hmm. or was it yeah. a noble woman? Right. I don't know um, if she was noble, but I remember it was written by a woman. By a woman, okay. And then yep. uh, Octavia Butler obviously is a yes. woman. And then what's the the other? Michael is not. No. For the Margarita, Master and the Margarita. Um, well, no, my Michael is not, but the novel Master and the Mar- and Margarita was about a woman. Right. I'm not sure about the Hindu the, text. The, the Hindu text. Is it the is. One that doesn't. Is it? It okay. is. It. I had. I was doing a little bit of extra looking into that one last night, but yes, it is. Uh, and there is. Uh, what what I find funny. And I don't know if the uh, I don't know if they meant it this way, but the uh, the Pipple Tree romance uh, thing that you had listed mm-hmm. there, uh, there is two uh, Hindu epics that exist, yes. and the other one, which granted I'm not going to be able to pronounce, is basically off of that. Uh, it feels off of that same aspect, or or off of that one. So I'm wondering if that kind of plays into it at all. But anyway, that's right. Another I mean, crazy theory. The handle is all about the 
end of the war, which was the mm, war yes, about a right. woman succeeding into power. Yep. So, yeah, and there's all sorts of connections there, but that could Shaman, be biased Sam, looking. Shamanshin is often a female musician playing. Yes, it's usually, uh, I believe, if I'm right on this one, it was usually a geisha's uh, yeah, weapon. Weapon, uh, music, music, uh, musical instrument. Good grief, I can talk. Uh, <laughs> hey, don't worry, but I that, did that last usually... week. That was me last week. I couldn't pronounce it. Um, but yeah, if I'm if I'm recalling right, like it would usually be women were usually the ones that would uh, within uh, traditional uh, Oriental Japanese uh, history, they would be the ones that would learn uh, a lot of that kind of those kind of talents. Uh, where the men would always focus on the farming and the military and et cetera, et cetera. Um, extremely, extremely, of course, uh, traditional when it came down to the way that uh, Japanese would handle it. So yes, just to go in line with it. Yes, that's on point. Cool. Yay, spin foil. Hooray. And actually, I was going to say, um, to kind of pull back into line with, wrapping things up real quick isk real quick in air quotes there we did get a dispatch um and it actually we've we've answered it ad nauseum so uh it, it was i'm gonna give i'm gonna give him a shout out because i i want to make sure that he gets credit grim coyote uh i was going to read your email but i think we answered the question his question was around um Rasputin being the only war mind, <laughs> so so it's it's a, it's it was pretty. I mean, he had, he had a few other things like you know you know the other types of AI, um, but yeah. right. And then uh, yes, I appreciate. I will give him the kudos of space space liches. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud. He of has you. a clan on Xbox. S- Join space, a clan and you have- space lich Omega. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have I have corrupted someone and influenced a clan name. You um, have created a monster. I've created, yes, literally, has. literally a monster. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, so uh, let's let's roll to final shout outs or final comments and shout outs and beard. Do you guys, what do you got for us? Uh, God, where where do I even start? Uh, to be honest, at the uh, beginning, I'm. Yeah, I guess that's that's about right. The biggest thing in in terms of like this community uh there are a ton of people to that it gets so hard to end up like sitting and listening to all of them uh so just do yourselves a big favor and support whoever you can however you can uh if you can't watch a video share a video if you can't uh listen to somebody's podcast at least share the podcast uh stuff of that nature uh, I am always, always, always going to be a big proponent of that. Uh, there is not enough. Uh, there, there's not enough time in the day to to listen to and mm-hmm. uh, contemplate on all of the things that are available right now. With like all the spin foil or all the crazy things that we're doing at this point, uh, it is just it, it's too massive of a time sink. Um, just know that. Any support that you can give to those people, even if it's not to me or even if it's not to somebody that uh, I in any way endorse or has endorsed me, et cetera, et cetera, uh, I, I appreciate it because I know how it was starting out with any kind of uh, entertainment or any kind of this medium. Um, and in that regard, if you can help anybody else feel that way, 
do so small large anything uh the support and the mindset especially of myself uh kind of waxing and waning this past uh the past several weeks really uh some of you may know and and i'll say it publicly and i'm fine with that i have not been in the best of mindsets over the last like three weeks and if it was not for my community or this community in general i don't think i'd be anywhere like half as good so all of you in every way do a lot to help all of us period well said green what about what about you uh my shout outs this week uh first thing i just want to thank you beard for coming back on because i honestly i always look forward to when you come on even though i much final fantasy episode i really <laughs> like it when you're because it we get into some really intense discussions and we are actually i think an hour over our normal time and i am so sorry no that's not your fault that just means we I had might, a good conversation i might be able to edit it down so we're only 30 minutes over okay maybe <laughs> maybe but uh I want to thank you for coming on because I I like having you here and I like being able to s- discuss these different things because you are a great person to discuss it with because you you listen and you respond and that is important to me as somebody who <laughs> likes to debate these topics rather than just having somebody talk at you and I mm-hmm. appreciate you for that. She's totally, any anytime. She's totally she's totally talking about me. Oh okay. He that's, doesn't that's do fair. it that often. Just sometimes <laughs> it when okay. he's doing it. Is it Justin when he's too busy singing? Is that also the problem, no, too? I'm kidding. No. I mean, these, I love these guys. I love all them. It's just sometimes you get to chatting with people online, and that's really not anybody that I've talked to in our clan or in our group or anything like that. It's just sometimes you talk to people online and they talk at you, not with yes. you. Mm-hmm. And yes. having a conversation with somebody is important to me because that means my voice is important, too, and being not only just a lore person who doesn't, I mean, lore people are getting more hype in some ways, like we're getting more exposure, but at the same time, mm-hmm. we're still kind of viewed as kind of the step kid in the corner with the book still. Don't read my comments section. I'm just going to put it that way. <laughs> yeah, uh, basically. The amount of, it's the, the first amount of rule of the internet. I... <laughs> yeah, Don't basically. <laughs> Now, granted, I and not and not to plug my side of it, but that's why I end up making such a big deal of my uh, videos being more discussions than they are anything else. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. There is so much of a need to discuss, to open up the doors, to uh, continue to think about it more than it is just me telling you, well, here's what I found. But realistically, there's about five other different ways that you can interpret this or look at this. And these are some of those other open doors. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and that is why I will still read. I, I tell my comment section all the time. I still read all of your comments, but it's getting so hard for me to respond to every single one of them. And there are people out there that have some of the most thought provoking and interesting ideas that I never could have thought of. Right. And that's the fun part just, of conversations. Yes. And, and just me sitting here going, I, I can, as somebody that's also been in a slight like real life thing here, somebody that's always been like part of like sales and everything. I know it's important to listen 
to mm-hmm. my quote unquote customer at that point. But I've always viewed it more as it's more important for me to listen to the person that I am talking to, yes. to in this respect, better connect a, a product or anything else or whatever else it might be back to them. Because even if that isn't a thing that I am selling and it is information or advice, I need to be open to that person. And I don't know why I ended up getting on this tangent now about it's myself. Okay. I'm sorry about that. But no, it's, but I mean, it's, it's, it's I, something I think that the, needs to be said. It is. Yeah. And it, I it's, think that's where I think to be, you know, just to steal the limelight a little bit from you. I think that's why we get along the two, mm-hmm. our yeah. two communities is because that's very crucial. That's a very crucial component of focus fire. I mean, anyone who's, if, if you're listening to this and you're not in our discord server, feel free to jump in because what beard just said is what I push what all our moderators push. We don't allow that kind of badgering because it's, it it's counterproductive for, for all intents and purposes. Like it, in it, and I mean that in all seriousness, it is counterproductive because some of the best ideas come from having to hash it out and re-explain things. Mm-hmm. It's by re-explaining constantly different aspects of knowledge that you know that you learn it better because and and rhino i I think i saw rhino in the chat just a minute ago rhino and i have had this conversation a lot the argument that i've always had with people and the argument that he actually sent me a link to a, a site that really put it in better words than i have ever put it in is if you are truly that knowledgeable about something, you should be able to break it down and explain it so that a 10-year-old can understand it. Exactly. If, you, if right. you cannot do that, if you cannot do that, it is nothing against you. But that just means we need to get better at explaining it. And that means that we need to get better at understanding it. And the only way to do that is through pushing your brain, pushing your mind via conversations, You know, just exactly what Beard is saying, through discussions and true discussions. Active listening is a very big part. And I, what I mean by that is don't in the same regard that, you know, green and beard are talking about listening to the other person. It's not just sitting there quietly waiting your turn. It's, it's actually engaging in them. And that is something that, you know, and I think I kind of speak for, I, 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 well, for my age, I grew up kind of before internet really. I mean, we kind of grew up with the internet taking off and a lot of people mm-hmm. who are, who are growing up and who are finding their voices in today's world are finding it via the internet. And so we like we have a different paradigm here. I'm used to having to, you know, playground rules, like literal physical yeah. playground rules. Like you you don't you don't say some of the things that are commonplace to be said on the internet because quite honestly, you get punched. Like I mean, there was mm-hmm. physical ramifications for some of the things. And so but that attitude is still very important. And it's that attitude of treating the other person with respect, you know, that that's very important to us in Focus Fire. It's very important. I've seen it in Beard's community. Mylan's community is the same. Bife's community is the same. I mean, Mm -hmm. all of the lore communities in Destiny, that's really what sets it apart than other video game lore communities. And that's why I, 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 you know, that's why I push all of our team to do what we do, why I push myself to do what I do is because you guys, that is a very important aspect, and that is something that I think everyone here who's talking to you right now, all the voices that are inside your head right now, oh my, that's something. Yeah, oh my. Um, that's you know, what about that parts of the whole? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Shh, there's three of us. <laughs> um, the that's that's very very important to us. 
And so, like I said, if you're not in our communities, if you're not in the the social media aspects or the chats, feel free to jump in. You don't have to say anything. You can lurk. We have tons of people who just sit there oh, and watch. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the, the, for for example, Grim Coyote, he says he you know he he doesn't have time a lot to time to keep up on Discord. He's in the Discord, but he doesn't have time. He just likes reading it. We have a lot of people who do that, and I I value those people. But you know what? To be honest. Those people are the ones that have the best questions because Mm -hmm. those are the ones that will just speak up and just like be like, hey, what about this? And it just I mean, Beard, you're 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 spot on. It's just like the questions are coming from left field and they're not and it's not meant as like a challenge. It's meant as a legit, you know, hey, I don't understand this. And it's like in explaining it to a person, you actually find a better understanding for yourself. So you're not just teaching, you're also still learning. Well, that's the whole point that I think about the podcast itself. Like while we're talking these things, we constantly come up with ideas while we're talking. I mean, Blue had one tonight. Yes. All of that. Siva. I mean, we have all those things coming up tonight even. And Mm -hmm. yes, we prepare ahead of time. Yes, we gather a ton of information, but we don't talk about exactly how we're going to speak about things and stuff like that. It's still a active discourse. Yeah. Every time. That being said, next week's conversation is going to be on the emperor's hit list, which I know we've had quite a bit of conversation in chat about. Uh, we're having a lot of fun with that. And I'm, I'm really kind of happy with how the chat's turning that one into kind of a, we, we it, it yeah we've had a really good conversation about that entire thing um and a big shout out we just actually i actually wasn't didn't have anyone to put on this list but born to beat nine you guys um you, you thank you for the the sub over on twitch and then also yeah. big shout out to uh email update from millie um He's a, a guy that we actually read an email back oh God, a while back. He sent us an update email, and I just really want to sh- shout out to him that he has he has created an addict in his in his better half. Uh, his even wife is addicted to being a titan. A titan. I I'm, I I am going to give him <laughs> thanks for the kind words and encouragement for his hunter self to stay strong. So mm-hmm. stay strong, hunter. It's it's okay. It's it's okay. Not. Yes, it's okay. Green, I know you. I made a Titan. It was a bad idea. (laughs) I I like my Titan, but that's okay. I made it for the subclass stuff. That was it. Uh I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, That's okay. I pat you on the head. I did the same thing with work. Um, My very, very last thing is kind of an announcement, guys. I, I talked about it a little bit last week. It is for the Dame stream on Sunday. I will be streaming Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is 8 p.m. Central Standard. And if you, yeah, just do the math. You know the math. Most of you who live in other places, you know the math. Um, I will be on there closing out the stream for the entire charity stream. So if you are listening to this Monday, I'm sorry you missed it. But I wanted to put a big shout out to both uh, Chocolate Shark, Mako Chocobo, and pins halo because they're actually donating physical things to the charity event that I can give away during my segment. And I think that's amazing. Uh, Chocolate shark is actually sending me the package right now. And I know it has some really good stuff in it. So I'm excited to give it away. So yeah. Do one. Yes. 
<laughs> All right, guys. Well, let's run through an outro. I'm, we might stay for a little bit of an after show. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes each week, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our other sites can also be found with our episode archives over on the new and improved focusedfirechat.com. Thank you again, Beard, for joining in on the conversation. I'll be sure to get your contact information up in our show notes for this week for anyone who wants to continue chatting with you. And please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments or questions for our team concerning the podcast. And let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedbacks and a rating on iTunes as well. Also, make sure to check out our partner podcast within the Guardian Radio Network over on theguardiansofdestiny.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright. <laughs>